Blog Talk Radio. Responsibility from all and fairness to all. We have 
never invested as much in public education as we should have. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Hillary Clinton meets in secret with international banks to plot the destruction of U.S. sovereignty in order to enrich these global financial powers, her special interest friends, and her donors. And the system wants us all chasing our tails, fighting with each other, men fighting with women, people fighting over what skin color they are, people obsessing over political correctness, while the robber barons run around establishing a private, above-the-law, corporate world government with diplomatic immunity, strip mining, free humanity. That's what's happened. And there we go. So much. That's kind of a new one I decided to run. I believe that was from Ben Knight as well. I'm not sure if he's updated his site or not. I had to give him a call and make sure he was still alive. Most of you know who Ben Knight is. We've had him on. I need to get him on here again. If I can break him away. I think he's at a, some, something of a hiatus. We all need a hiatus. I'm sort of taking one. I was looking. Um, the conservator of focus has been exploding. I think I've, I've posted like, you know, five or six stories since the show last Wednesday night. It's crazy. Now, I've, I've got a bunch of projects going on. and uh, But the thing is, and so I'm having to, you know, uh, sort of, I haven't taken much of a break at all in nine years, so kind of backing off just a little bit while I can because the website has gone just absolutely bonkers. I mean, I'm waking up. We're getting like um, something on the order of uh, ten times the number of hits we would ordinarily get, and it's been happening now for about two weeks running, even though our good friends over at Facebook have suspended me again, yes, indeed, and some of my good friends who helped me out with this battle it's not, they they suspended every one of us except for one okay uh and i guess now whenever you get suspended by facebook that means you've been successful that means you've been effective and i know a lot of my friends uh who have been suspended and and you know and I've, of course i've been deleted once just completely uh deleted um from both facebook and twitter and i've had to come back on i had 10,000 friends back a few years ago Many of you who followed this website all these years uh, know all about that. Um, and uh, since that time, I, you know, I, I had to build it back. It was, wasn't that hard. But, you know, at that point they had set a limit on your friends. So to limit your scope, of course. Um, and then they went through the – many of you will remember this, especially you bloggers, a lot of bloggers listening. Um, you remember when Facebook decided they were going to go over to the page, right? <clears throat> And the page was all the rage. And so we were like, okay, we're going to terminate your groups, and so you need to get ready because you're going to have to go to a page. And we're like, what? And so we were, of course, raising hell. Not that that normally does any good, but in this case I suppose it did because they never got rid of the groups. So we we went ahead and did our pages, learned how to do all that. And now uh, I read not too long ago where now they're pushing the group concept again. I don't know what happens with the pages, but anyway, so now they're pushing the groups, and, you know, I, I work within – I actually use interlock groups and pages and make them work together at at, at our website. And uh, 
It's going, you know, extremely well, uh, surprisingly, because I haven't posted very much. I've written like four stories, most of them on Vegas, one of them on the Satanists joining the Democrats. I am not kidding you. I'm going to run through that story probably with Lee Daniel in the second hour because that's sort of in his purview. Uh, But we are, Lee and I are, are going to go through the Illuminati timeline, as I said a little bit earlier. But right now, this thing about uh, the Las Vegas narrative collapsing. Now, I, I don't know how many of you may have uh, seen the, the last article that I posted up. Uh, and, and by the way, if, if you would be so kind, I would appreciate it if you could share, like if you came in on Facebook and are listening at Blog Talk, on, came in through like the page or shared through a group, if you could just be so kind as to share this with a few of your groups because I need all the help. You know, we're, we're doing great on the website, but the, the page is getting, you know, blasted. We were at a almost 100,000 reach, and uh, when they, you know, uh, suspended me, suspended several of my friends, which, you know, isn't that wild? We were all working on the, for the same website. Isn't that weird that they would, yeah, isn't that, yeah, three, okay, three people. No, folks. So uh, anyway, yeah. So if you could be so kind as to share, uh, to give me a little bit, of, just one time would do the trick, you know. Oh, by the way, I was looking at the the show stats, and man, uh, we we're setting another record. Uh, we're 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 once again off the charts in the last show. I really appreciate that. Uh, we generally stay within the top three in conservative politics, about the top ten or fifteen. Uh, in politics, which is a very large, generic uh, sort of uh, catch-all. And um, I need to figure out a way to get into the news, um, which is, you know, that's where you have the widest scope. But you you need to be at the top of politics, essentially. Um, not just, we're always on the top of conservative politics, but not on the top of politics. So we need to, I need to figure that out. It's, some of these things, you, it, you, eventually you run across somebody who has some cues as to how to make all this stuff work together. So anyway, I'll figure that out, I believe. Uh, but it's been funny because we started out with nothing uh, a number of years ago, and we've just uh, kept plodding away at it, and eventually you get to the top. Hmm, great American success story. Uh, not that it does you that much good beyond, you know, being able to communicate a different line of thought, an unconventional line of thought, but it's one that is dead on, that works, that very few other people are essentially promoting. It has to come from inside. It can't come from you taking your cues from somebody else. I've told the story many times of um, me sort of stumbling across the fact that something was wrong, something was wrong, because I started out as a I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a conventional writer when I was pushing CR up to the top of the web, top 1% of all websites. Uh, but, you know, unconventional sense of humor, lots of humor, which I don't do that as much as I used to. I don't know why, but I don't. Um, I guess I don't think it's funny anymore. I don't know. But uh, you know, sort of gotten away from the rumor and more towards really getting to the heart of the problem, which you're, you're not going to hear on conventional radio. For the most part, for the most part, uh, moving into the sort of the, the understanding globalism, understanding what Ayn Rand talked about when she when she 
you know, wrote about understanding the enemy, and and the, our main problem is we don't understand them. We're confused about what they are trying to do. But once you understand the globalist precepts, um, once you understand who and what the Illuminati are, and remember, I, I, just a few shows ago, uh, uh, and I'm going to do more of this, but I actually introduced a host of people to the Illuminati website. Yes, indeed, they have one. I should probably go back and play that commercial, but the reason I'm pushing this particular group at this point is largely because what you see going on, this thing about uh, John Cornyn and Trump's feud, the thing about McConnell, the thing about Ryan, and pretty much how most of the political establishment okay, has uh, rejected, although it's kind of secretly, they won't come out and admit it, obviously, but they have rejected uh, Trump's, most of his agenda. And it's really simple. I mean, it's not rocket science to understand, at least in the first iteration of what they're doing. I mean, they're controlled by their by their corporate handlers, folks, and, and money talks. But then it's not just as simple as that when you stop at looking, what hap- looking at what happened. And, and then you have to go back in history. And this is why today I put up the article again, Killing America, uh, is one I wrote back, and I think it was like January or February of 2016. And it laid out some precepts that were proven, sourced and proven, I mean, beyond any shadow of a doubt, the, the inserts that I inculcated into the article are just as real as you and I are. It's not theoretical it's it's not uh hypothesization i mean it's a real phenomena and it's really taking place and the best way to describe it is a globalist incursion into both the republican and the democrat parties and at this point uh i've sort of come to the notion or the the understanding that when you try to separate out like communist rules versus um, globalist rules or the Illuminati rules, I mean, they're, they're really no difference. Uh, you can't, folks. If you try to strip out the, uh, if you try to separate, let's just say, these globalist sort of uh, Marxist precepts from occultism, it's not going to work. You go back and you look at the primary players, the primary world leaders during World War II, and what you find is every one of the major players, Churchill, Roosevelt, and Stalin, um, were Freemasons. Isn't that fascinating? I'm not trying to dis- besmirch them, it's just simply the truth. It's just simply the truth. And if that be the case, then um, what was the hope? Well, you know, maybe they were doing what they knew that they had to do to protect their countries. Maybe. Maybe it was the good side of uh, you know the free. I don't know the Freemasons. I don't. I don't know that that exists. Maybe they weren't thirty second, thirty third degree Masons, to where they understood the most of the scope of what the Freemasons are trying to do. Uh, maybe all of those things are possible, but it's, it's hard to imagine when you really start digging into the history of of, of really modern history, and it starts taking a different turn. And that's why I say. The Illuminati, I believe, is the force that has been sort of guiding all of these uh, the, these globalist precepts, this Marxism, uh, the capitalist support of uh, you know Hitler during the beginning of World War II. I mean, 
go on and on, and then you start looking at what the CIA is doing, Operation Paperclip, Operation Mockingbird, um, some apps such apt names for these operations conducted by the globalists within our government. But what you see is a globalist infiltration that has completely taken over the Democrat Party and then has sort of ginned up this uh, this fervor, uh, trying to convert America into something that it was never intended to be. This is what they're trying to do. And it's, a, it's, it's basically a measure intended to destroy America as we know her. And then you have this infiltration also, which has taken over much of the leadership of the Republican Party. This is all laid down in Killing America, which, once again, I have it in this uh, in tonight's showpiece at CR Live. So you come to conservativefocus.com, and uh, you go into the news section and or CR radio section, and you can follow along with the show. I'm going to be skipping all over the place. Okay, but my point, I, at this point, don't separate out, folks what happened in Las Vegas from the overall Antichrist movement, the overall globalist movement, uh, as the, uh, the British Foreign Secretary, uh, very famous one once said, I don't remember his name, but he said, nothing happens on the world stage by accident, basically. I'm paraphrasing. But he, he was essentially stating that it, it is all, it's not by accident. Uh, none of these things occur just of their own happenstance. These things are massaged into motion and then fomented on with all of the actions of the players involved. And uh, this has to mean that the Illuminati are controlled by an extremely diabolical and um, very wise, sort of very sinister but very cunning force. That's what I have come to believe, okay? And, boy, that just opens up a whole other world. So first... Let's look at uh, the worker who warned the hotel before the Las Vegas, Las Vegas shooter opened fire. Now, uh, the, like I said, these articles that I'm running here of, of late, even though I'm very limited on how I can share, they have been exploding. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting a little supernatural help, perhaps. I don't know, but it's crazy. I can tell you that with how little I've shared this and how crazy uh, these articles have gone. So... But a maintenance worker said Wednesday that he told dispatchers. Now, folks, this is not a right-wing blog, by the way. This is CBS News, okay? Yeah, they're, they're, they're hardcore right-wingers, right? A maintenance worker said Wednesday he told hotel dispatchers to call police and report a gunman had opened fire with a rifle inside the Mandalay Bay Resort. Before the shooter began firing from his high-rise suite into a crowd, at a nearby musical performance. What is it, Route 91 or something like that? So the revised timeline had... Now, remember, uh, the the article that I ran before this one was they had dr they had to dramatically alter their timeline because it just didn't work. They were missing six minutes, and they've got the whole chain of events completely off. Now, folks, they they initially stated that the, the the security guard, if you will recall, was the one who stopped the massacre. Remember, and the guys, you know, they shot through the door, and that's how they finally figured out where this man was. Even though I don't know how you could miss where he was. I mean, if you just being outside, it was there were shots coming from multiple locations. We've also proven that 
right? I don't. There's no doubt about it now. I remember when I first ran that article, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist and all of this nonsense. And I'm like, look at the videos, okay? And so, you know, they, a lot of people, obviously, a great many people did, and they're like, whoa, uh, yeah, Barry, you got something going on there, I think. And 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 then from there, so so from there, right? Uh, then the article last night, proof. And I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna let you listen to the clip if you have not heard it. If you, it's still worth listening to, even if you have, and a little bit of commentary uh, from a guy. I think he's at the uh, End Times Report, something like that. But he's spot on. No point in me telling you twice. Just let him say it. I'll sit back. Uh, maybe smoke a cigar and listen, but um, you know these things happening. The security guard supposedly getting there after it all happened, and then we find out that no, in fact, he got there before it started. And the uh, the shooter, the terrorist, had fired through the door and and hit the security guard in the leg, in addition to a maintenance person. Now this maintenance worker said Wednesday, and see, this is a problem. Now, ordinarily, when you have people, okay, that uh, can disprove a particular story, well, guess what? They are even told to be quiet, shut up, or they'll kill them, right? That's happened. Oh, no, that's never happened, Barry. Oh, yes, it has. Let's go look at the Clinton, um, the Clinton, uh, what, do you, what do we call that, body bag? I mean, it's like a gang body bag or, or maybe like a graveyard, but... Uh, lots of people um, dispatched with pre- prejudice. What do they call prejudice? Anyway, so so the whole story didn't work because the maintenance worker came forward and said that he told hotel dispatchers to call police and report a gunman had opened fire with a rifle inside the Mandalay Bay Hotel before the shooter began. Okay, so now their entire timeline collapses. They know that this story is going to come out, right? And this is why just a day or two ago, uh, they issued a, a, a massive revision, okay, a massive revision on what actually happened, okay? So uh, I'm saying okay a lot because I've got to sort of navigate through all of these varying stories. And I don't know, for some reason I stuck this way down in the show tonight. I don't know why I did that. You know how we do things that we're like, well, then once you do it, you're like, well, I don't want to move that because it's just a bunch of trouble. So um, here was a story that came out which preceded the story that came out pretty much today. Okay, this was uh, on October the 10th, which was yesterday, and it may have come out the day before that. But uh, the L.A. Times, I think it was Sunday, the L.A. Times reported that they had to dramatically change their account of how the Las Vegas massacre began on October the 1st, revealing Monday, revealing Monday, that the gunman shot a hotel security guard six minutes before opening fire on a country music concert. Now, I find it fascinating, as as long as it's been since this thing has occurred, all right, we're getting almost two weeks now, <clears throat> that they don't let this story out until now. Now, why is that? Okay, because the security guard wasn't talking. Maybe I don't know, uh, or maybe he began to be able to. Talk. I don't know. But then, on the heels of this story that came out uh, Sunday, I think it was, all of a sudden we have a maintenance worker 
who apparently was sort of, uh, you know, in the same hallway at the same time with the security guard. So maybe they knew that this word was going. I don't know. I'm just telling you the way I'm seeing this, okay? And it's, generally I'm right on these things. They knew they had the maintenance guy. They can't take him out because too many people have been killed already. They already know that the Bellagio story is out, that, that there was a lockdown. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you listen to that in just a minute. So you have all these things coursing around, and they're going, oh, you know, damn it, we're losing control of our narrative here. It's collapsing. What are we going to do? Okay, well, we just got to come clean and just say, oh, you know, we just, we just some, something happened. We can't figure out what's going on. You know, even though we have how many videos and how many, you know, every one of these communications by police officers is logged and timed, folks. And a lot of these guys were wearing their body cams. That's time, too, down to the second. Okay. So you have timers, right, and you have videos with times on them, and then you have news reports. And th- so you've got the everybody involved posting up thousands of stories up on social media, and then those stories are being shared thousands of times. And so there's no way that you can come back and refute it now because of this modern age that we're living in. Uh, it's impossible to catch them all, right? So this is why, instead of saying, you know, our timeline is correct and this is what happened, they're changing their timeline because the timeline did not freaking work. And that's because it was made up, ladies and gentlemen. They're trying to cover this up. Now, I don't know if it's ISIS. I don't know if it was an FBI double flag or triple flag operation that went wrong. I don't know. False flag. I don't know exactly what, but we, at this point, we know that even that night we knew that something was definitely up. Something was very strange. No doubt about it. So, the L.A. Times reports on Sunday, I believe it was, that police have dramatically changed their account of how it occurred, raising new questions about why police weren't able to pinpoint the gunman's location sooner. You see, now you've got a new problem. They thought security guard that their timeline of the security guard coming in after the fact and getting shot in the leg that that would signal where the shooter was and i I think it was six minutes that he unloaded it may have been longer than that okay i need to find out uh because that that was one of the questions you have you have questions sort of floating around the back of your mind that you haven't verified yet that's one of them how long did he fire okay so we don't we know, but I'm I'm just not sure personally how long the guy. Maybe it was that six minutes. I think that's around there. I believe that may be correct because it seems to fit in their you know slipshod narrative somehow. But uh, anyway, so back to this, back to the the second story, and then I'll go back to the one I was just on earlier. This is how confused it is. So officials had previously stated that gunman Stephen Paddock uh, shot Mandalay Bay guard. After Paddock had unleashed his deadly volley at the Route 91 Harvest Festival, an assault that began, here it is, here's the time, at 10.05 p.m. They had credited Campos, who was shot in the leg, was stopping, there it is, a 10-minute assault. So it was exactly 10 minutes, to, well, according to reports. On the concert, but then we have the reports of gunshots being fired earlier, and then we have the Bellagio, and then there are even others that stated they were down in the crowd, and then there are others that stated there were other hotels where our lockdowns occurred because of some form of gun violence. So, you know, all of this is going to come out at some point, and that's I think that's the problem here, folks. 
all of these different things coming out, they don't know what's going to come out next. And so they're figuring, okay, we're just going to have to sort of stick with our narrative until something else pops up that, that changes it. But you see, the problem is they never reported on the Bellagio thing, the Bellagio incident, as, we, as I guess we could call it. They, they have yet folks to do that, and it's irrefutable. So they're, right there is a problem. Then you have the multiple locations. I already wrote that story that went absolutely nuts, okay? And, you know, I had a lot of people that were more pro, way more pro than anti. But, you know, there were – and I was just excoriating. And I was like, you idiot, do you really believe the Mockingbird media accounts? And when I say Mockingbird, what I'm talking about is the Operation Mockingbird instated by the CIA in which they plant journalists throughout the media, pay the media, okay, in many cases – uh, to report whatever the hell it is that they want to put out there. This is why you cannot trust the traditional media. So, they had credited Campos, who was shot in the leg, with stopping the assault, 10 minutes assault, by turning the gunman's attention to the hotel hallway. Oh, that was a really good story, and we could even make a hero out of the guy. But the problem came up when the maintenance guy entered into the picture. And, you know, I'm sure he got shot in the leg. He probably forgot all about the maintenance guy. Maybe that was what it was. So, the Clark County Sheriff John Labardo said Monday that. Paddock shot Campo before his mass shooting at 9.59 p.m., and they now didn't know why Paddock stopped his attack on the crowd. You see, it's not funny, but, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny to watch these idiots try to hold their narrative together. And the sheriff is not doing this, folks. The FBI is doing it, and we all know at this point that we cannot trust the FBI. I mean, they're worse than the CIA, from what I can tell. So Paddock, who had placed security cameras outside his room, shot Campos through the door of his suite, was outfitted with a camera to survey the hallway, and it was on, you know, the room service, you know all this. But they had previously said that the security guard was shot after Paddock had already spent 10 minutes firing. And how do you make that kind of mistake? If, you're, if you are a, a you know, uh, what, a just spit-and-shine gun-shoe detective, you would automatically know this particular fact, folks. It's without refute. I mean, it's, it's a dumb child that, that hasn't been educated in anything can figure this out. So why did they change it only now? Folks, this is an important question, and I'm telling you, it's because events have unfolded that they know are coming to light that they cannot stop. And I'm going to get back to the maintenance worker here in just a second. So in a timeline released last week, investigators said Paddock had stopped firing at the concert across the street at 10.15 p.m. And the first police officers arrived on the floor at 10.17 and encountered the wounded Campos at 10.18. Okay, so there are your time, 15, 17, and 18. Okay, police were not in a hurry to enter Paddock's suite because the security guard's arrival had halted the shooting now, I mean, really, how can you get – plus it's so far off as far as the timing goes. So, anyway, Lombardo said it was his assumption that Paddock stopped his shooting spree because the gunman using his spy cameras observed the security guard, and he was in fear that he was about to be breached. But see, that creates another problem. Now you've got six minutes uh, before all of the mayhem began where he had shot the security guard but didn't start firing down into the crowd for another six minutes. So what the hell was that all about? What was he waiting on? 
I mean, was he waiting for a go? Okay, go ahead and start shooting. That's what it sounds like. So in another news conference last week, Clark County, or maybe it was something entirely different. Who knows? I wouldn't stick to that. You know, I'm just sort of making this up as I go along, trying to understand what the hell they are making up as they go along. Uh, anyway, so Campos had notified his dispatch, which was ab- absolutely critical, it says, to us knowing the location as well as advising responding officers as they arrived. But on Monday, the timeline changed. Mr. Campos was encountered by the suspect prior to his shooting to the outside world. So you were, in essence, as we see these things, and we have to see them this way, you were moving that detail, ladies and gentlemen, you are flipping the entire scenario on its ass, quite frankly. You're flipping it all the way over. You might as well just start all over again. So, once again, as I am you sort of sort of relaying all of what I'm thinking, you have to be asking yourself why. Why are they doing this? Why did they do that? Why did they have to change their stories? Well, it was, it was very confusing, and, and you know, nah, no, nah, it's been ten days. They should have had this locked down right from the start, ladies and gentlemen, right from the start. I mean, the guys got cameras with freaking timers on them that they had access to. Come on. Really. They have security in the hallway. What did he hack the security cameras? And don't tell me that it that this hotel, this this, you know, world-renowned hotel did not have freaking security cameras in the hallway. I am sorry. We also know that he accessed his room via a maintenance elevator. Isn't that fascinating? Mm. Police officers who started searching the hotel after the shooting began didn't know a hotel security guard had been shot until they met him in the hallway after exiting the elevator. He didn't say whether Campos notified Casino Casino security after he was shot. I'm sure their security guards just run around without any walkie-talkies or anything, right? Without any radios, nothing. They're just like, you know, they just sort of wander around. Uh, a police spokesperson did not immediately respond to several follow-up questions from the L.A. Times seeking clarification. That's because they don't know what the hell's going on. They don't know what timeline to give at this point. Okay? So, having said all that, let's go back to the worker now. He is the, as they say, the wild card, I suppose. So this maintenance worker said Wednesday he told hotel dispatchers to call police and report a gunman had opened fire with a rifle inside the Mandalay Bay. So there we go, folks. He told hotel dispatchers to call police. What did they do? Just sit there with their thumbs up their rumps? No, I'm sure they did. So here's your timeline. How do you get that wrong, ladies and gentlemen? How do you get it wrong? Six minutes are now missing somewhere. Where do you put them? I don't know. The revised timeline has renewed questions. Oh, that's the understatement of the year about whether better communication. Oh, it's not about better communication. Oh, no, 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 no. Before he committed the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history, if at this point he did. Folks, did you see that picture of him laying on the floor? They've got a picture, a death picture. Now, what the one I saw was sort of blotted out because apparently it's sort of gory. Uh, as far as part of the head missing, I believe. But 
Yeah, but, well, you know, it's that time of year. It's Halloween, so, you know, just think of him as a zombie, right? And then you're, you'll be very cool, right? Just, oh, that's just a zombie. It's nothing. So, um, uh, yeah, so he's laying in a puddle of blood, the shell casings, a few of them around him, not nearly enough. And um, somebody told me, I think Melanie told me that he was laying on top of the weapon, all right? I don't know, uh, but she said she saw that in the photo. But anyway, if you will note, now there is one, one of the, really one of the first pictures that you ever saw when they started circulating. Okay, I'm going to have a sip of coffee, right? Then we're going to listen to a clip or something so I can rest my voice. I have, I've had allergies. I've just had allergies all this time. I'm tired of allergies. So anyway, uh, sip of coffee. Wait a minute. All right. So you saw, oh, that's Good coffee. So you saw, okay, now if you go back, and I didn't notice it, of course, right? I was just looking at the guy going, dang, man, looks like my in-law. But it, it wasn't, but he sort of did. It was sort of disconcerting. My, my in-law is late, okay, so it's it's not late for anything, but he's gone. He's passed on. Um, fine fellow, by the way. Anyway, uh so you look at that photo, and I think there is one. Initially, they just showed him and didn't show his significant other, okay, the one that likes to run back and forth to the Philippines. But he's sitting there, and you see him. I think he's got like a drink or something in his hand, right, even though they said he didn't drink. Anyway, yeah, it looked drinkish to me, but I don't know. But if you look around his Adam's apple in that photo, you will see the number tattooed, 13. Now, that's not something uh, I would tattoo. And I haven't even looked at the origins of that. It could be a gambler thing. I suspect personally that it's a bit MS-13. I suspect personally it's just a little bit more nefarious than one of his favorite gambling. That's an unlucky number in our culture, by the way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't even put it on buildings. You know how you go up to the 12th floor and you skip to the 14th? Yeah. But he's got this uh, tattooed on his, the right to the right of his neck. Okay, so you know that. Maybe you didn't know that. Now you do. Now you can go look. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, Barry was right. There it is. So you go back to the death picture. And, and I don't know of any other guys that look like this dude. Uh, you know, laying on a hotel floor, same Mandalay Bay sort of pattern in the carpet was, you know, it had to be him. And the number 13 is missing, okay, from his throat, ladies and gentlemen. Now, isn't that fascinating? You can go look at it, and I saw somebody else coming, so it's not just me. Um, somebody else saw this. So what is going on here? Why, how do you, what did he do, just erase the tattoo? Well, that's a possibility. But normally, you know, that takes a while. And the photo that we supposedly saw was fairly recent. Uh, so the, the, that's one of those things that's hanging out there that nobody can answer. The chances are he did not, folks, erase the tattoo. He's got too many other things going on, I would say. Uh, and then he had all of this this trove of guns laying around at 23. You didn't need 23. He didn't use 23. He used, like, according to what we heard, four, sometimes overlapping. He may have had four to six arms. We're not sure. I'm talking about appendages, not, like, weapons. Because there were, there were overlapping lanes of fire 
that you can listen and, and what's happening now by the way is some of our uh, uh <clears throat> internet experts are actually putting together multiple stream videos of the sounds and sort of a, an effort to sort of uh massively pinpoint where the fire was coming from they they're actually sticking together these montage of images and sounds uh and and allowing them to overlap uh giving them a far better picture of what was going on and once again you, the bellagio is another that's that's uh, that's the uh what would we call that the jack right black jack the, the i mean in our little card game with the deep state that's a big one. We're we're holding the hand at this point, right? We're battling it out. Um, they're holding a poor hand at this point. They haven't played well in this particular game that we see me, and it's not really a game. I'm sure that's how they see it, but uh, they're not doing very well at this poker hand that they're playing, folks, to use gambling for Lance, and I am not a gambler, but I've played. Uh, anyway, it was it was – so this guy goes back, and he says uh, – uh, as I, uh, wait a minute. Okay, so worker Stephen Shook says he was checking out a report of a jammed fire door on the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay when he heard gunshots and a hotel security guard who had been shot in the leg. Ah, so there you go. He heard the security guard, uh, peeked out from an alcove and told him to take cover. As soon as I started to go to a door to my left, the rounds started coming down the hallway. I could feel them pass right behind my head, he said. It was kind of relentless, so I called over the radio what was going on, he said. As soon as the shooting stopped, we made our way down the hallway and took cover again, and then the shooting started again. Police said Monday they believe gunman Stephen Paddock shot a hotel security guard to the door of his suite six minutes before he unleashed a barrage of bullets into the crowd of concert goers, okay, killing 58, injuring hundreds, almost 500. That's a crazy number to this day, man. The injured guard uses radio and possibly a hallway phone to also call hotel dispatchers for help. Yeah, I'm wondering now, when you stop and go go back and look at 9-11, what was it, 30, almost 3,500 people, something like that, killed. We're some Pearl Harbor. But you have to begin wondering, were they, were they hoping to, to slay thousands when you stop and think about this? Were they hoping to slay thousands? Have you thought about that? I mean, think about it. If, indeed, it was more than this one guy, and every bit of evidence we have suggests that it certainly is more than this one guy. Even the police said he had to have help. He had somebody else in the room with him. We know this. So what if the plan was to try to kill 5,000 people, okay, and make it like a 9-11-style event? to where, once again, a Hegelian construct. Have you considered that? But something went wrong, and they couldn't they couldn't make that work somehow. And that's because there's many a slip between the cup and the lip, as they say. Something happened. It could have been a divine moment of intervention. Who knows? But just think about the possibilities if they had been able to slay thousands of people, 
more than 9-11, let's just say. You've got 22,000 people there. You've got an array of pretty high-powered weaponry. And you've got basically a kill zone. If you can lay that fire down right, you're going to take out a lot more than 58 people, right? But he started six minutes after all of this took place with a security guard. And now what we know or who we know was the maintenance man who was with him. He was the wild card in that event that screwed all of that up apparently because that forced them to have to change dramatically their entire timeline. Now, what happened in the juxtaposed events, which ultimately ended up with them changing their timeline, we don't know. It could have been any number of um, possibilities or or eventualities, okay, that that were taking place. But it did force them to change their timeline. And believe me, folks, there's already so much doubt. They, I am sure, had to be pulled, kicking and screaming to change that particular account because, as I stated, this just throws the entire investigation into question, and it should be at this point. We uh, we learned that you know, uh, the the plane that he owned had some sort of federal hookup with another contractor or that he had sold with a federal contractor uh, that was uh, sort of uh, in uh, somehow in league with Obama. Oh, that's a surprise, isn't it? And then they also say here that we cannot be certain about the most recent timeline. A spokeswoman for, <laughs> yeah, you think? We believe what is currently being expressed may not be accurate. She says, and she was a spokeswoman for the hotel, <clears throat> excuse me, this remains an ongoing investigation with a lot of moving parts. And one of those parts is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. One of those moving parts is the truth. You can bet your tail. So Las Vegas police did not respond Tuesday night to questions about the hotel statement, obviously, because they don't have the answer. They've got to go to the FBI and get that. Well, you have to tell them this. So uh, this is what the response was. Uh, Our officers got there as fast as they possibly could, and they did what they were trained to do. Took them six minutes, folks. Ten minutes. Something like that. It's a long time. So Las Vegas Assistant Sheriff uh, actually stated that the other day. So gunshots can be heard in the background. As Chuck reported the shooting, the maintenance guy on his radio Telling a dispatcher, call the police, someone's firing a gun up here. Someone's firing a rifle on the 32nd floor down the hallway. Okay, so there is that. I haven't read all the way through, so so I'm going, whoa. It was unclear if the hotel relayed the information to Las Vegas police. What? Are you freaking kidding me? I mean, really. How how stupid are we, folks? (laughs) So what in the hell is going on here? It was unclear if the hotel relayed the information to the lost. You've got a guy with high-powered weaponry on the 32nd floor of your hotel, and you're not going to tell the cops, hey, he's, you know, he's on the 32nd floor, you need to go kill him. You know, you're not going to, I don't think they need that information. Man, they don't need that. They can tell from the outside. Don't worry about it. Besides, we got to do some room service on the 30th floor. So, don't, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later. I mean, what? kind of insanity would you have to be? What what layer of insanity that you wouldn't relay that crucial piece of information and when you are a trained security professional? My God, folks, this is getting... I mean, I keep... The more I read this, 
the more absurd this freaking story gets. I didn't know that one. So um, anyway, moving on through, maybe something else will pop out. Good Lord. Joseph Giacalone, a professor at John Jay College. Oh, we got a professor here, so this is going to help. And a retired New York City police sergeant said the new timeline changes everything. Oh, thank God, somebody with some sense. There absolutely was an opportunity in that time frame that some of this could have been mitigated, he said. Yeah, do you think? Nicole Rapp, whose mother was knocked to the ground and trampled at the concert, says she's living a hard time wrapping her head around why police changed the timeline of the shooting. We're with you, sweetheart. It's very confusing to me that they are just discovering this a week later, she said. No, that's not it. That's not it. They had to change their story, Nicole. They had to change their timeline because they just have these wild cards keep popping up. You just can't do the CIA shit quite as easily as you used to, can you? It's just such a shame. So, it's traumatic for the victims and their families not to be sure of what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, they will never be sure. This is like the Kennedy slaying at this point. The six minutes that passed between the hallway shooting and the start of the shooting into the crowd would not have been time enough for the officers to stop the attack. Rather than rush in without a game plan, police would have been formulating the best response to the barricaded gunman. You know, you got to get the hell up there. I mean, you ain't got time to think about your response. You got to get up there and take the guy out. That's about as simple as it gets. So, just more and more questions in all of these stories, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that's a. Uh, and, and, you know, how else are you... And then this, and I want to play you this, okay? I want to play you this and let you hear it. And uh, and then I'm going to shut up for just a little bit. Uh, for those who have not heard this, this is crazy. I bet you a lot of you haven't, because I just stumbled across it yesterday. And this now, the audio is going to be a little bit difficult at first, but as you listen to this, this is at the Bellagio which is about a mile down the street, okay, which is separated, by the way, from the Mandalay by numerous tall buildings, numerous tall buildings, and it's on the same side of the street. So if you're thinking that maybe some of those shots got to the Bellagio from the Mandalay, will stop. Impossible. Patently impossible. I want you to hear first, okay, let's do it this way. I want you to hear this woman's account who was walking around the Bellagio. It's going to be a little bit confusing because there's a lot of noise, but what happened was at the sa- at about the same time as the Mandalay Bay shooting, okay, and this is proof that there was not one shooter, by the way, at the Bellagio they were locked down and they could not leave. The hotel people were late. And she was walking around asking hotel officials who were kind of standing guard in their red maroon blazers, you know, she was asking them what was going on and having them explain. This is a smart lady. And, you know, she's just filming it with her husband throughout uh, <clears throat> just to show what actually happened. And her 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 reasons were because it was not being reported, ladies and gentlemen. That was her reasoning. So she's like, I'm going to say, obviously a conservative, I would say, uh, to get the truth. Get out the freaking truth. Whatever it is, get to it. Find out what it is. And try to, you know, try to inculcate it into what we see happening because there are so many secrets right now. It is totally and completely pathetic. Okay, totally and completely. Okay, so I want you to hear this. It is amazing. It'll be as it, like I said. Give it a minute, 
and it'll clear up and you can hear exactly what she's saying very easily because there's going to be a lot of noise because everybody's sitting around in the lobby just milling about. They can't go anywhere. And some of them, I'm sure, are scared witless. I mean, have you ever been locked down in a hotel before? I mean, what would you do? After the front had been shot out, the front windows had been shot out, and you're forced to stay there? You're like, whoa, I don't think so. Uh, Yeah, and no, the media, I checked this, the media has not reported this about the Bellagio. The mainstream media has done, as of last night when I wrote this article, they had not said a damn word about this, ladies and gentlemen. That should be proof enough of something is going on. So here you go. Without further ado, check it out. Listen, you're going to find If you haven't heard this, and you may want to listen to it again anyway if you have, because it's fascinating stuff. This is real. It really happened. And the surfacing of this once again throws the entire freaking narrative into – it collapses it. It's not right. What they were reporting is not correct. Here you go. Thank you. 
long as you guys do that too, that's why I wanted to make sure. Okay, all right. But they're reporting that nothing happened here, and we were actually sitting at the Petrosian Lounge um, when all the mass chaos happened, and we heard the pop, 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 pop. Yes, and we were at the front. So, yeah. All right. So anyways, Pretty much, uh, that was about uh, four and a half, almost five minutes of her commentary as she was walking, uh, you know, through this very opulent hotel, trying to get through the outside door. She said she was in the uh, lounge uh, having a drink, uh, which was right at, at the, you know, near the front lobby when the bullets came through, shattering the glass in the front lobby, which is underneath sort of an enclave. You know, this is the same hotel that has the you know, Ocean's Eleven, huge freaking fountain out front with all the Eleven. I mean, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous hotel. And, I mean, I've never been to Vegas. I have no desire. I've been all over the world. I've never been to Vegas. Uh, but uh, I'm just not, you know, I'm not a gambler. I'm not a Sin City guy. Sorry. But uh, it's not that there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, that's cool if you love because I know a lot of people, my dad loves gambling. So, and it, you know, it's fine. But... Uh, it's just, uh, I've never had a desire, man. So anyway, and ladies. So uh, anyway, so there, there is her narrative. Now, if you haven't seen this, I urge you to go conservative focus and pull it up. It's the second story down from the show tonight. And uh, I sort of write the story in detail, you know, my reasoning and understanding of everything that happened. I, I include a map so that you can see, okay, uh, the fact that it's nowhere near the Mandalay, the Bellagio is nowhere near the the, uh, the the Mandalay Bay Hotel. It's not juxtapositioned. It's not. It's on the same side of the freaking street. It's a straight strip. It's on the main strip, and you've got all these hotels, some of which are much uh, taller than the Bellagio. So there, there's no possibility, folks, of the bullets. There's just none. I mean, you've got the Delano, you've got the Luxor, you've got the uh, Excalibur, New York, New York, Monte Carlo area, uh, Mandarin, I think, Cosmopolitan, Videra, and then the Bellagio. So you got like, eight, what? what is that, five or six, maybe seven very tall hotels, much taller than the Bellagio. Uh, and then Bellagio is next to Caesar's Palace, which is sort of across from uh, Planet Hollywood right there. Okay. And, and by the way, in this picture, you can come to CR and see this map, and you can easily see, you know, the concert grounds where the slaying took place, where the massacre took place, and how it is uh, sort of juxtaposition to the Mandalay Bay, okay? Uh, and Yeah, and uh, I, I tell you, it, to me it's amazing, it is absolutely amazing, that I think, yeah, I think there is a very strong possibility 
folks, if you if you stop and go back and look at 9/11, I think there is a very strong possibility that their intent was to kill a lot more people than than 58, and that's too much. One is too much, but. What if it was an event designed like 9-11 to force a response that the public would get behind? And obviously, it would be weapons control. I'm just giving you the what if because I've sat here, racked my brain, trying to understand what would be the the, the modus operandi for, for this sort of thing. And you keep hitting a dead end based on the, you know, because 58, uh, like I said, that's way too much, but as far as terms of what the public responds to, if this had been one, two, three, remember there were 22,000 people in this very small area packed together. So you figure a guy with a high-powered machine gun, I mean with the with the butts, with that uh, apparatus he had attached to the, allegedly, now some people are saying that there was a like a two, a machine gun, high-powered, 294 or 264, something like that, with a belt. They're saying that it ain't no, what do they call it, a uh, butt stock. It is, uh, they say that, that the acoustic guys, the experts are saying it was a big gun and it was belted. And uh, they're saying we've got to see the ballistics. Well, guys, I just don't think you're going to see the ballistics. I'm, I'm just telling you. I don't think we are going to see the ballistics. I think they're going to figure out some way to be able to withhold that information just like they do so many other things. I don't think we're going to see, just like we're missing those 33,000 emails, I don't think we're going to but we maybe we do, but if we do, okay, if we do, I mean, what are the odds that maybe one of these weapons doesn't match what was up in the room? Well, that would be easy because they're the ones guarding the, you know what, the member, 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 what was one of the first things the L.A. County Sheriff said when they were talking about the evidence, he was having a press conference or a presser, and uh, he said, we, we have already given all of the evidence over to the FBI. They have everything, right? Uh-oh. Well, that's not good, is it? Because at this point, nobody on the, in this freaking country, okay, nobody really trusts the FBI at this point because we know that the infiltration by the globalists, the deep staters, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, Whatever kind of group this is, we know that it is just unbelievable how deep they reach into the uh, into the U.S. government and the control that they exercise. And uh, I'm running out of time on this, but I did want to, I want you to hear a little bit of this narrative from this guy over at uh, I think it's the End Times Report. But he had a really really good observation. I'm just going to give you a little bit of this to hear it. You can come. To the story, it's in both the radio show. You can scroll down. It's under the Bellagio lockdown artwork, okay, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Or it's just a story before that to where you can watch these videos. And this is why I guess CR has exploded without me hardly doing anything, except I've written like three or four articles. Uh, But I'm, I'm actually renovating a deck. I'm doing some work in the office. I'm doing a lot of things. Uh, that I haven't been doing uh, because we now have won. So uh, at least we've won the first phase of this massive operation to take back America. We're saving America. We're going to save America. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They're going to fight us every step of the way, as you can see. And Trump is, uh, he was the answer to our prayers, right? I don't think there's any doubt about that.
And I think we are, and you see what Bannon's doing. Bannon is doing the thing I laid out many years ago. We have defeated the Democrats and got them completely out. We have started inserting real conservatives, okay, real traditional Americans, okay, uh, into the uh, into the entire to the point where we now control the House and the Senate, and then we move towards the presidency. And none of the usual suspects was going to do the trick, and then up popped Trump, the guy who we wanted. I wanted him since 2012 because I knew he could win, and he did. And uh, so now we got a guy, a true American, I think one of the most conservative presidents that has ever served. I don't think there's I'm, – I'm really – I'm beginning to think that you have to go back a long way. Is he more conservative? I don't know about Reagan. That's a – to me, that's a – I love Reagan. He's, you know, one of my icons. Uh, but there are just certain things coming out from Trump that are so anti-establishment, he even eclipses Reagan. I know that is anathema to some people, but he, it, I mean, Reagan did work against the establishment, but he still works sort of within, uh, if you go look at some of the, you know, the, the history of that administration. I mean, the illegal alien thing is a good example, where he just granted amnesty to all of them. I mean, that was okay back then, okay? But now, uh, look at what happened. They didn't lock down the border. Uh, and they are trying to change America with that border incursion. That's the Democrat Party. It's in their playbook, and it's, all of a sudden it's not working. Right? They were going to dilute the Americana to the point where they could bring in a bunch of leftists. All of these people from Central and South America, for the most part, are leftists. Okay, That's sort of the, the omni-position throughout the planet is leftism. Okay? And, uh, you know, uh, secularism, in many cases. Uh, if it's not secularism, it's just wholesale leftism. And so it would be easy to change America under those circumstances, right? But just listen to this. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to stay in here long because it's already, I'm already an hour into this thing. So here we go. This is the last video I'm going to do tonight, and this is an important one, because this is irrefutable proof, absolute proof, that the mainstream media is either negligent and just plain incorrect, or they are part of a larger conspiracy to cover up the truth about what happened um, at, in Las Vegas. It has been said that there were only shots at Mandalay Bay Early on, remember, police scanners were saying there were gunshots happening all over the place at multiple hotels. The police actually went out and set up roadblocks, stopping people from going to different areas of the Strip, not just around Mandalay Bay. We saw that proof in the footage of the, the taxicab driver. As she tried to go down the Strip away from Mandalay Bay, she had to turn back and go uh, kind of in the general direction of the Mandalay Bay again because they, they closed off the other side of the Strip. Why would they do that? They did that because there were reports of other shooting. The video I'm going to show you now was taken by a couple inside the Bellagio on the night of the Las Vegas attacks. The woman and the man say they show you through the lobby, they show you people all over the place because the entire hotel is in lockdown. She explains that they were at the bar when gunfire started, 
shattering the uh, the front doors, the glass in the front doors. She said they saw it, saw the glass, heard the glass, heard the gunshots. There was a big stampede inside the Bellagio as people went running. So there were definitely shooters there at the Bellagio, and this video will prove that to you, uh, which completely refutes what the mainstream media is saying, and it establishes that this is some kind of um, false flag event. Now, the first thing that popped in my head was, I wonder if it's possible if the guy up on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay could have shot from that angle down the strip, because I, I knew from having been to Vegas a number of times, and I've been in the Bellagio several times, um, I wonder, because I knew it was directly down the strip, I, I was trying to remember if maybe the guy up on the 32nd floor could have his shots been the ones that hit the front door of the Bellagio. It's absolutely impossible, and I'll show you how that's impossible here. Okay, this... Um Okay, I'm not going to – you need a visualization, and I, I sort of described it. But he, what he's going to do is just go through on this map, and you can, like I said, you can come to the article to see what he is saying. Uh, I just wanted him to second what I was saying, and he did so brilliantly. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, and this pretty much kills the entire narrative, in my opinion, and I don't think that's <laughs> very hard to do at this point. Uh, and we have a lot of other stories. I'm going to I'm going to get into a little bit more of this. And uh, Lee Daniel is suddenly here, so I'm going to bring him in. We're going to still move through some of this news uh, with uh, with Lee sort of ta uh, with me on this. But uh, Lee, uh, uh, you've seen some of the things that have um, the the revelations that have come across as we move through all of these stories. And it's, it's more and more clear that the narrative doesn't work. It's been made up, and now they're having to completely remake it, which means the entire damn story is wrong, doesn't it? What would you say to that? Yeah. I said, I, I believe that I said when we first talked about the story, I, I don't believe it. I didn't believe yeah, it did. then. I don't believe I it believe now. Either. No, no. Nope. And the uh, just like the forensics of it, the angles of the bullets, all of it, it, it just, there's not a, a true thing that is coming out of the, quote, the establishment side of the uh, reports. It, it's right. just not. And Las Vegas, of course, is a town controlled by tourism, controlled by the money that they spend. Right. So if they didn't get all the shooters and they didn't solve the whole situation, I can tell you right now that every hotel owner on that whole strip would clamp down on the, on the police and clamp down on the government to keep their mouth shut about it because of the fear that somebody else would be out there and and there would be another shooting. Yeah, but how are, that, you yada, yada. how are you going to shut down? How are you going to shut down the FBI? Supposedly, okay. How are you going to do you that? Can, I, I, I believe, you can shut them. Lee, you can I, shut I, those I don't guys think you're down right. with one phone call. I don't think you're right on that at all. I think this has such a a uh, such a wide array of impact that there is no way, we're already catching them in lies, uh, 
Okay. But yeah. the problem with your the problem with your theory is that the feds are involved in this to the nth degree. And the federal the feds are not gonna give a damn about I'm just sorry for my language here, but they're not gonna give a damn about the local business atmosphere in Las Vegas. Which by the way, if you'll recall, Obama trashed it back when he was president. Don't go to don't don't go to Las Vegas, don't waste your money, remember that? Uh, no, right. the feds aren't going to care unless there's something else going on. And I, I'm, I, at this point, I am 85% sure that there is indeed yeah. something else way more involved of than just the business. Man. That's what I'm saying. So, well, no, that's not the, what the, you said. You said you, the, the yeah, hotels the were clamping down on the there, The businesses over there amount to several hundred yeah. billion dollars of money. I'm sure that... They, but the and government that level of like, money uh, talks. Four trillion. So the the problem with that theory, once again, is it, it goes much deeper and much more expansive. And the theory that I'm laying out is what if they had planned to kill thousands instead of just 58? Now, under those circumstances, you're talking about a major Hegelian dialectic event where if they'd have killed 35, I mean, you had 22,000 people in a turkey shoot, folks. So if you could have killed three or four thousand, and he had enough rounds to do it, if he if he could have killed three or four thousand, now you've got a serious, a serious uh, offensive against the First Amendment and uh, taking our gun rights, taking our guns away from us, and it may be, and, and plus the internal security uh, apparatus, how how are we going to beef that up? I mean, it, it would go towards an entirely new security network spectrum, a new aspect of control, more, okay, more surrender of whatever liberties we have remaining, all right? So I, I believe the truth is going to be closer to that than anything else. And, yeah, I get it. I mean, you're right about that. The hotels don't want anybody to know about this. But the problem, once again, is the feds are involved, okay, and they don't give a damn about the local business in Las Vegas. They could care less, uh, I'm sure. So if they're not worried about that, what is it that they are worried about? Okay, that's the big question. So anyway, uh, now, it's interesting, though, Lee, that the, the L.A. Times, from what I can see, is one of the few uh, newspapers. Maybe they're not part of the Mockingbird Network, okay? I don't know. Um but they're one of the few who are actually reporting some uh, and asking some really important questions from everything I've been able to right. gather. Uh, and this and, one, and they're asking. Go ahead. Just you know, in in reaction to what you're saying, the those hotels aren't really owned by just you know a, a few people. They're owned by investors who right. are another notch way up the line. You know, you're into the nearly trillionaire class at that point. And those people can pick up the phone and call so-and-so senator, and that senator will apply some subtle pressure here and there, and they will get a lot done. What I'm saying is, yeah, there is a whole lot more to do with the fact that somebody wants the real truth of this covered up for their own ends, and it was all, I think all of these shootings all across the well, United okay. States were motivated. I, I yeah, and a lot of people have seen that. But, you know, and, and, and I will say this on your theory, okay, and that is there, there are not very many places 
where I mean, this was like you know, this was the organized crime center in the desert. I mean, it was started by Bugsy Malone, for heaven's sake. Oh yeah. Back at the, you know, so it was started on uh, sort of a questionable foundation. Yeah, exactly. So you look at that, and you look at these people who own these businesses. These are all gamblers, all organized crime. All right. And we're better to do it to where you can get the locals to clamp down on the truth that may come out uh, than right, right there. If this, yeah, so there is a possibility. But I mean, I'm sure the the locals and probably didn't have. And all those guys, all those guys are hard lined about we'll handle this ourselves. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean that, that, once, that, once again, that's the worst it, group of of that kind there is. I think the clamp down on the truth is, though, much deeper than just a bunch of hoteliers worrying about losing money. Uh, well, it so goes anyway. right up the line. Uh, it goes right up the money line to yeah. as far as it needed to. But maybe, and maybe I believe that's an advantage. Maybe that's an advantage for the uh, deep state to get this done because they're so concerned about their money. They're going to help them cover up the truth. You know? Yeah, exactly. Very, exactly. There's a strong. But the, so that's a the, that's the big a deal is. Who is engineering all these things, or who is bringing the pressure to cause all these people to snap like they're doing? I think, you know, just like you brought up in the last weeks, and I've talked, I talked to a psychiatric specialist already about this in last week. If their meds are being recklessly monitored, you know, they... The the person, when I asked them, I, I asked them directly about antidepressants and all that, and the person res- responded, it's a crapshoot. Until you can get those meds uh, trial and error to the point that the person is reacting well, or if they just drop them, said, it's a crapshoot with that stuff. And the drug companies don't want you to know a thing about that. Yeah, it there is are interesting. billions and billions of, oh, of, yeah. of that. But the government connection, here it is again. I mean, the guy worked for the IRS. He worked again, for Lockheed yeah. Martin. He was a federal. And a lot of people think that he was an arms dealer. A lot of people that think he may have been one of these, uh, you know, uh, one of these, uh, you know, kitty traffickers for for the pedophilia and all that. They, they mm-hmm. felt like his itinerary was such, because he was bouncing in between Texas and, uh, Nevada and several other different places, constantly bouncing around between them. He'd been to the Mideast, so there is the ISIS connection. ISIS claimed that, uh, you know, maybe he was operating as a double or triple agent. I mean, you just, but the 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 fact that he was on meds in addition to this, and then the fact that his tattoo was missing, you know, I, I was talking about this earlier in the show, he has a tattoo of 13 on his throat that was gone in the death, uh, in the death photo, all right, where he's laying on the floor with his half his head gone, uh, that's gone. I mean, that, it, the tattoo was not there, so this would have to mean that it's not the same guy. So there's a there's another thing you can throw into the mix. I mean, the tattoo folks yep. is not there, uh, and you probably saw that, didn't you? About the the you know you saw the picture where you could clearly see the thirteen, the death photo. This is it's kind of a stupid mistake these guys make. Uh, maybe it's not because they're stupid. It's maybe because they think you're so stupid, you know, as as Americans who don't pay attention. I'm sure that anybody listening to this show pays very close attention. So anyway, the question that the L.A. Times is asking, 
is why did it take so long? Ten-minute shooting rampage and a crowd gathered below. And nobody shows up. The, the guards said they called the police before the shooting started, which was something on the order of 15 minutes, folks. I mean, if you take the time, they said there was a six-minute gap between when he shot the security guy and then the maintenance guy shows up right at that same time because of a jammed door. That's a little bit of divine intervention perhaps, but uh, he shows up and they uh, they both see. He, he even reports that he calls down and says the guy who's doing the shooting up here is on the 32nd floor, right? So then, Lee, then, okay, uh, he waits six minutes before he starts firing, and then he begins firing from like 10 to 10:15. Okay, and then they come in and eventually kill him. But now, now you've got like a time lag of, of almost 20 minutes. They knew he was there, and they did nothing. They knew he right. was there, and they knew he was up there for 20 Where's minutes. Where's the helicopter? Shooting. Yeah, where is anything? Where are the people? Where is it? Oh, well, there's so much confusion, you know. Uh, I ain't buying that. No. <laughs> No, 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 no way. They they should have had, if there is an active shooter, there is even a procedure for putting a helicopter in his way of being able to shoot people. Yeah, and you, you can know? do it very quickly on that strip. You know the helo's on the strip. Yes, you be, can. Be right there. So in a, yeah, the helo, by the way, was probably probably already three to five up. Five minutes. Yeah, probably the helo was already up. Okay, um, I don't know, but uh, anyway, uh, you know the timing. The L.A. Times is asking the question. We just don't know how long it took him to call. Well, he's already stated that he called down to the hotel people and said, "Hey, he's up here on the thirty-second story. He's shooting at us," and nothing happened. Nothing happened. So <clears throat> I spoke, and they're saying, what "Well, maybe the hotel." What else does this maybe, sound like, Barry? It. it, it <laughs> It sounds like broad interference into, into taking the guy down for one thing, but I don't know. What are you poking at? It also sounds like 9-11. Oh, yeah, that's what Harbor. I said earlier. Yeah, and exactly. All kinds I said of things it's that funny have gone because on. I said the exact same thing. But, you know, look at it, Lee. And this is a first, I sort of stumbled into this just during this show while I was explaining this because I've been, you know, just racking my mind to understand what would the, you know, what would the gain be? For the deep state, for the security state, for the uh, you know the shadow government, and remember, folks, they're controlled by the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, they are one of the big, big controllers within all of this stuff. Globalist organization. They need to disarm America. Okay, once they get that done, everything else is a, is a cakewalk. That so you just, within 15 minutes, there were people screaming their heads off yes, everywhere. Absolutely. For gun control. And the police Again. were everywhere within that crowd. Yeah, but you're right. But then, listen, so he's got all this armament. He's got how many rounds of ammunition? I haven't even heard, but it was a lot. It like two or 3,000 rounds. 12,000. 12,000. So you've got 22,000 people in a turkey shoot down there. This guy has some, like 23 weapons, probably half of them outfitted with a buck stop or whatever you call that thing. Uh, to make it go like a machine gun. You've got multiple shooters. We've already proven that. We've, we know that we have multiple shooters because there was one at the Bellagio. We've been through that. And then there were reports in other places, even where a cop or several other people got shot, 
down in the field when all of this was taking place, and they were they were shot by somebody down there with them. Okay, so now if you've got twenty two thousand people, you've got a guy up there with high powered weaponry, and all he has to do is just start shooting in the general direction, and twenty two thousand people in that small of an area, you're going to kill a lot of people. But somehow, some way, he only got fifty eight people. What if the whole plan had been for thousands to have been killed? He's got twenty. He's got twenty. Twenty. You said twenty-three thousand rounds. Is that right? Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. No, he had a total of twelve thousand. I think is what. Okay. Twelve thousand. So that is enough to kill, conceivably, <laughs> at least five or six thousand people down there if he did it right. But something happened all the way along the way. Something occurred where. He didn't have the opportunity to kill as many as he wanted to. And then you have the footage of somebody else somewhere else, and then you begin wondering, okay, none of this makes any sense. What if that was the impetus, ladies and gentlemen? What if it was not to kill 58? What if it was to kill thousands? Now you've got a workable scenario like 9-11 where you have, okay, we've got to do something about this. We've got to disarm, you know. And it's, once again, you've got Australia and Great Britain all over again. They disarm them, and, and then they are victims, okay, to the criminal element, and they have been in both Great Britain and in Australia. The cops can never get their own time because there will never be enough cops. And so now you've created uh, the need for a security state, the need to clamp down on the criminal element. Now, we gotta we got to set up the security apparatus to control all these criminals we have here, you know, because they have guns and our people don't, you know. And uh, there you have it. And, and, you know, this has been the impetus all along when you stop and look at the NSA building this massive multi-billion dollar complex that extends deep underground, okay, with all the servers uh, taking in every text in America – taking in every single phone call, meta-tagging it, okay, and then doing that in conjunction with every single computer vendor just about, uh, with, uh, you know, PRISM and all, and uh, the Stingray devices. So in, in so many ways, they are creating a lockdown state, okay, and the, the this would have been one of the things they would have needed to get it done. The question is, will they try it again, okay? And the the answer is... yeah. It, well, yeah, but if we keep sharing this information and we keep pushing for them to get to the truth of this, why are you lying? It's not a question of a boggled timeline. It's a question of why were you lying? Because remember, the maintenance guy that surfaced, he was a wild card, right? He was the one that was going to, and, and, and apparently he, he had said, I am not changing my story. I'm going to tell the truth. Maybe that's, that, maybe that's the case. Who knows? But... Until this maintenance guy surfaced, they were. The, the, if you will recall, the security guard wasn't saying anything, right? All of a sudden, the maintenance guy comes to the fore, and now they've got to change their entire story. Isn't that fascinating? Because that's the way I see this as, as taking place. So the question is, why did it take so long? They, they dispatched the security team to the 32nd floor. They arrived right around the same time as Las Vegas police. Officials have said arrived on the floor at 10.17, but the gunman had already fired his final shots at 10.15. Boy, that was well-timed, wasn't it, Lee? My goodness. How, how, yeah. Uh, I mean, Let me make uh, note of something. Let me make note of something you said earlier sure. when you said about the poli- police turning 
the taxi driver around from going away from the, the Mandalay Bay, the Hotel right. Bellagio is in that direction, directly right. on the opposite end of the strip. So if they already had that shut down, <laughs> there was already a problem with the Bellagio. Yeah, you I don't think, shut I think down it, a strip in Las Vegas for nothing. Yeah, the question is when do those? And see, I haven't been able to figure out exactly the timing on. Uh, let me see if I can find that and go on with that idea. Okay. Well, because they were now, all, the, they had already shut the street down when when the thing at the Mandalay Bay broke out. So obviously there was already a problem at the Bellagio going on. They just wanted it really quiet. You know, and obviously, yeah, yeah, the the Bellagio was going to put forth every effort they could to keep it quiet and handle it, you know, all that. Not Like you said, they were on lockdown. Anyhow, my whole okay. point is you're exactly right with your, your situation because I'm sitting here looking at Google Earth, and those those are on two ends of the strip. So the taxi driver is exactly right. If he was turned around, I would say there was already an issue with the Bellagio going on. And they knew it. Well, and this, here, here is what it says. And this, now, this is over at IntelliHub uh, that somebody stated that a woman by the name of Renee Downs claims that the entire lobby of the Bellagio was a mess after bullets came whizzing in. Now, they're saying it was 30 to 45 minutes after the Route 91 massacre, okay? 30 to so so if but that even that even makes it more interesting because we know nobody got away from all that, right? So what in the hell right. is that? And and I've already played this for you, but and maybe the timing is off. I don't know, uh, but it's hard to imagine somebody getting that wrong. But IntelliHub says it was 30 to 45 minutes after the massacre, and I'm looking to see if there are any other stories. Uh, your Newswire has it in addition to us. Um, and the, yeah, it, the Renee Downs, by the way, was the lady who took that uh, priceless video. Because that uh, puts together, um, but what I'm trying to do is, is figure out what time this all yeah. occurred. That, um, uh, the taxi driver's description of that is that there are two events, two very big events going on for them to shut the strip down and then have the massacre going on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, but, I'm looking, and go ahead, go ahead. Well, it, it just doesn't lend itself to the single incident scenario, that's just gone. Oh, Sorry. absolutely. Uh, you know, there are multiple shooters. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I'm, I still, the only the only time I have so far uh, is this uh, 30 to 45 minutes afterwards, and I don't. We we don't really know if that's correct or not. So anyway, that's the only report now. Whether that's accurate or not, who knows. It would be, I don't know, which is more interestingly, if it occurred at the same time or before or after, which is more interesting? Because we know the guy was dead after, same. right? Huh? Well, so, it, yeah. it, it, it sounds like it would have been before or right after. In the chaos of the, of the Mandalay Bay situation, you'd probably never be able to get it really accurate. That's probably You know, true. from anybody that was there, ex- unless you had access to all the... Las Vegas police information from from and, their call center and, Lee, and, their, and that you ain't going to get. Lee, you're going to love this. And then, okay, then the the Reno Gazette is reporting that 
the Las Vegas shooters, Reno home was broken in too. Now, who in the, how, how does that happen? I mean, after all of this stuff, 10 days, uh, something like that after, okay, uh, the Las Vegas shooter's Reno home was broken into. I know it was police sealed, right, causing another yep. round of police yep. activity. Now, the interesting thing is who would have wanted to break into that house? Can you imagine any fool wanting to break into that particular house after all of this? And try, I know that Either it's got somebody police wanted. They they wanted souvenirs to sell on eBay really bad. Or, or there was a piece somebody of was somebody was trying to make sure that that house was clean. Exactly. But don't they have the tools to get in there and get out without breaking anything? Or maybe they don't care. Maybe there was a smash and grab. We just got to make sure. Who knows? They uh, would rather they would rather make it look like. Uh, you know, it was a break-in. They they don't. It's more volatile when it's reported as a break-in because then all kind of stories start. If somebody had just gone in there professionally, removed the stuff, then if that story came out, oh hell, that would just point straight to covert ops. There you go. Okay, so that's a good point. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. So that makes perfect sense. And then we got the news that he was traveling to the Middle East. uh, And, you know, his wife was in the Philippines, which is covered up by ISIS to a large degree. Experts are now confident there were multiple shooters. Okay. Um, Over at InfoWars, they've been doing a lot of work with their experts over there. And they've been right on this. Well, we broke the story here about uh, the shots coming from a different location long before InfoWars did. I can tell you that. Because I was watching going, why isn't Alex reporting this? But anyway, they finally did pick up on it, and they said that there's overwhelming evidence that there were multiple shooters at the massacre. And Special Fortress veterans who spoke to InfoWars said the gunshot acoustics indicate Stephen Paddock didn't act alone. Numerous witnesses reported gunfire from multiple locations, and the acoustics indicate several overlapping firearms. According to veterans of Delta Force, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, and other military outfits that the uh, network spoke to, who have firsthand experience. One of these was former Navy SEAL Craig Sawyer, the top, a top ballistics expert and a Fed criminal investigator who also has his own sources. Here's what he had to say about the multiple shooters. I will get this caveat out that that it is very important to be accurate. Echoes are very confusing, and hearing anything through a microphone is confusing. And one of my best friends is probably the foremost authority on the acoustics of these big cases, and he's got these huge computer setups to analyze it. He said that uh, having said all that and acknowledging that it is confusing after the fact, listen to it. But I heard it, and the woman's was the cab driver was not moving, and there was one far distance, not about a mile away, during the shooting. And all of a sudden, you hear one right on top of her, her vehicle or whoever's taking the film, is not moving. There you go. That's it. There's no way that could possibly happen. Um, so I mean, at very distant. Gun, uh, uh, you know, machine gun fire style, and then very close up, even sounding like a different kind. It's not an echo, no doubt about it, because you can hear the echo when it's happening. 
so you hear one very close and one very so there were folks there were multiple shooters all right and if there were multiple shooters this tells you that this could have been a complete setup of paddock and maybe he didn't even get killed maybe it was you know somebody else and at this point they can do anything they can get away with just about anything and make it work because they control the insider information flow, especially in Las Vegas. We, I think we've covered that. So he says, even though you're listening to echoes, and even though you're listening to it after the fact through a microphone that does, that does just change that acoustic signature, it's still apparent there was more than one shooter. You hear gunshots very muffled far away, and then all of a sudden, shortly thereafter, a very loud, I just said this, very loud, very distinct gunshot that's a far engagement and a close engagement. So even the experts are are saying this, and I was going to see if maybe I had the. Hang on, I'm going to play this at low volume. Uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, check it out. In about 30 seconds, you'll hear the faraway shots. They're clearly 400, 600, 800 yards away, maybe further. Then you hear them right yeah, over there. Yeah, it sounds like automatic gunfire. There's no doubt somebody signaled him to open fire first. Whoever was there. See, they thought they'd use technology to control us. It's the other way around. There at the hotel where she's at. That's the that's the hotel. Now she's in Mandalay Bay. You're about to hear the shots right over. Clear as day, two shooters. So there you have it, and, and at the time of hearing that, once again, uh, you know, you uh, she wasn't moving. Okay, so this just gets more weirder and more weirder as uh, as we move along into this story. So that it, it's not making any sense, not making any sense, and not at least not on the face of it. Okay. So we have that one, and then we have the Mandalay Bay owner saying what's being expressed by police may not be accurate. Okay, so this is the owner of the Mandalay Bay Resort. Uh, the owners, I, I should add, uh, or, or, or say, are, are questioning Las Vegas police version of events after law enforcement accounts of how a deadly mass shooting played out changed dramatically. Uh, one of the spokeswomen divulged on Tuesday the company isn't confident in the story being conveyed to the public, stating what is currently being expressed may not be accurate. She says, we cannot be certain about the most recent timeline because we don't know what else is going to pop up. No, she didn't say that. She said, we cannot be certain about the most recent timeline that has been communicated, uh, and we believe what is currently being expressed may not be accurate. You think? Okay. So a source close to the investigation disputed the hotel's contention, telling CNN our timeline is pretty accurate with all the facts. No, mm -hmm. I don't think so. 
So uh, so there's there's a yet another one, okay, and they just keep popping up, folks, and uh, probably we'll have more before we have less, you know. Probably we will. So uh, so there's that. And then, you know, then Lee, on the uh, slightly darker side of all of this, you know, we were talking about this last week, USA asking uh, what's next. Well, we got an answer to our question, didn't we? What's next? Well, California is on fire. I mean, you know, California is... I was watching that last night, actually. There's 2,000 people dead. There's several hundred homes and businesses burnt. And it's not just in Northern California anymore. It's all the way down, all, all the way to Anaheim now. And that's yeah, that's incredible. On the, out, on the outskirts of San Francisco, for heaven's sake! I mean, so oh, it's all yeah, the way it, down to northern LA now. Yeah, I mean, and you saw, yeah, that's right. And you saw Houston. I mean, it's, the entire state is almost on fire. And uh, exactly going, my point. Uh, you know, Houston, Houston got hit really hard. And you remember how they said that? Uh, oh, they were they were attacking. Uh, that was God attacking Texas for voting for Trump. Y'all remember that, right? I'm sure you do. There was a lot of liberals going, "Yeah, Texas. That's what they get for what for voting." All the, but you know, hey, when you stop and look I at can it, come up with 50 better reasons for for God to do that to Texas. <laughs> exactly. But you know, the thing is, is it hit Houston was the 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 the, the, the mega center. Uh, right. They got hit, and and they were the ones who were you know mostly liberals. I mean, they're more liberals. They voted for Clinton in Houston. That's why I was like, well, you know, and if Houston you think is a whole. Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, you didn't Houston, used to be. I'm until... sorry. I you know I care about the people there, and I'm sorry they got hurt. But Houston is a pit. It is an yeah. ugly, nasty city. As far as morals and crime and everything else, well, and I'm I not mean, the first it, it, one to say that. Well, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? But it wasn't it uh, during the uh, the storm that hit Louisiana? What was the name of that storm? It started with a C. Um, I can't believe I'm Katrina? not Katrina. 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 Uh, that was that would be a K or a C. Anyway. Uh, when okay. Katrina hit, it, it forced so millions they had to relocate them to Houston, didn't they? They located a ton of them to Houston. They they sent some of them to. But anyway, a lot of the yeah. the people from yeah. So and that's when there were there were a lot of demographical changes in Texas, folks. So um, uh, a lot of uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I don't know. I, but then you look at that, and you look at. They were saying it was Texas when, in fact, it was Houston for the most part. And then you see this happening over here um, in California. And you can, ma- if you were so inclined, you could make the reverse case. I'm, I'm sort of hesitant to do that uh, because I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. But, you know, California is getting hit really hard. And, uh, I mean, really hard. And they, they're, they're doing enough to hurt themselves, for heaven's sake. Uh, but then you've got all of these fires that are they're raging out of control and it's burnt. I mean, it's just crazy, Lee. And so uh, the USA Today, by the way, or again, was asking what's next, and that was just last week. And we were focusing on this on October the 5th during the show. 
And lo and behold, we find out. So I guess the next question is, okay, thank you. Well, now what's next? Because, I mean, you know, when USA Today starts asking, go ahead. I mean, you have also, I don't know if you, I concentrate on some things and you concentrate on some things. That's why, you know, we bring different things to the table. But in recent months, there has been such UFO activity over Israel and Jerusalem and all kinds of supernatural stuff going on over there that they're setting, they said they themselves, they're setting new world records for UFOs and Seriously, stuff. I didn't know that. Some of, them, some of them even like one sighting that was made, uh, well, one sighting, one one observation of one that was a, a mile and a half across. Good grief. A mile and a half super, super UFO and different things like this. And you know, all those are verified. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the unsealed file show. They they did a lot in a big lawsuit to open up a lot of this years ago in the late 90s and early 2000s. For their that they used on their show, but these are just it's it's coming up more and more and more that there are supernatural events going on all around the planet, and not many of them are very good, so to you know no. in in situations. Uh, no, and was, sometimes it indicates that they're they're they've got a hand in it. Yeah. So and, and we know the, the I'm not very comfortable with that. Hmm? No, <laughs> we know the backstory behind the UFOs that they're not really UFOs. I mean, they're unidentified, but we, they actually, uh, you know, belong to maybe, uh, you know, the uh, the fallen ones, or the, you know, they're not really aliens. They've been there. I mean, I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's, that's why they be... object to calling them aliens. And you see, every yeah. president says, "Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not aware. I've looked at it, and I'm not aware of any extraterrestrial or." Alien activity, and they always emphasize those words. Like, yeah, yeah and, uh, and I've I, heard this before. When you choose your words so correctly, and I cannot never forget. And you remember this? I know you do. That uh, we had the show, and I played it where the, the, the it was a French pro, or a French politician at the time. It may have been Holland. Uh, he was at the UN speaking in front of a vast delegation, and he said, "Look, you know." We're getting away from, you know, our our precepts of globalism here in the new world order, and the further we get away from this, well, the aliens are are, are having a problem with it. They want us to get together and come yeah. up with this new world order, and we're not doing it. This is, and they, they, he was basing that on Trump. I mean, he was, of course, like the Pope, constantly. Trump's not going for this new world order thing, and we're seeing a split, and nobody wants to join us in our globalist efforts. You know. And it's basically, though, he, the word was alien or extraterrestrial that he used to yeah. describe yep. why they were unhappy. He, sure did. he said they were unhappy with what was happening and that we need to fix this, you know. And, you know, but that just fits right in because you could think, I mean, if we go out on the fringe elements here just for a moment and assume that they believe that they're talking to some grand race of aliens who have, you know, they, they have a one world sort of government. 
uh, or something, and they want us to have the same thing. But that's the exact thing that Satan has been trying to do uh, ever since the beginning of history. He's been trying to get the whole world together under one rule so he can sit on his throne and rule over us all. And that has been every system of government, as they call them, beasts. Okay, that has been the plan all along, and it never quite works out. Okay, never quite makes it so far. Uh, so far, exactly. So, so here you've got the U.S. and you, folks, you can go look it up. I mean, it, I've got it in, in conservative focus. When was it, Lee? It was probably a couple of years ago, I think. My my head is saying two years ago, but uh, it was yeah, about, maybe this time of maybe this time of year too. Um, and you, uh, if you if you you may have heard of this, the the president of Grenada, and there was a huge episode of UFOs and, and landings and all kinds of things in Grenada, in the Grenada area, he went to the UN and there's a process by which anybody can petition the UN to pressure and demand exposure of information or whatever. Anyhow, he brought it to the council and the council, in an incredible rebellion against the big guys, they voted uh, in conjunction with him to force the exposure of the information. Well, his whole country lasted for one month. There was a coup all of a sudden, and he didn't have a country anymore, and he was in prison. Wow. And he was one of the most popular uh, governmental people that Grenada had ever had. And all of a sudden, the military had a coup. He was gone. He was in jail, incommunicado. And there was no more discussion of UFOs. So what have we had? Now, where do you think uh, that came from? Exactly. So we we have had a a hellish okay run of it. We've had the the racist the, the sort of the racist war that thing up in Charlottesville, Virginia, where you had about well, how many people were killed in that? Well, one person was killed, but you had a multiples injured. Uh, between the Antifa and you know the uh, the KKK, whatever people, okay. Yeah. That was pretty bad, and that caused a bunch of, you know, hell to break out. Then you had Scalise get shot on the ball field. That was pretty bad. You had some evil dude with a gun, a evil leftist, an Antifa guy, who was a Bernie Sanders voter. He opens fire, uh, hits uh, Scalise, hits several other people, uh, but he was taken out by uh, other people with weapons who were just so happened to be guarding Scalise on the ball field. So you had that, and then you've got these all of these hurricanes all of a sudden deciding to hit us, uh, and you know that was pretty bad. Uh, and then you have uh, this mass shooting in Las Vegas, and now we've got the fires raging, and three really it wasn't. It, yeah, three earthquakes. That is correct. And then we had, uh, but I'm talking primarily in the U.S. And then you had oh. there were a bunch of fires in Oregon. Uh, and in Washington State, um, you've got the super volcano is still uh, acting up, and they had a story on that in the New York Times about how they are learning, uh, you know, this, all of these earthquakes going on. But but don't worry, nothing's going to happen. No, don't worry. Besides, they can look at the crystal now and and hopefully get an idea of what's happening. So you know, all of these things happening, and then uh, so this was the story we ran. Mexico, by the way, that was a huge earthquake. Remember that one? That was at about the time that uh, the the big hurricane was hitting, about the same time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, what is going on here? I mean, well, 
a lot of people believe that we may be seeing the convergence, and really, you know, that's been the big question. But then, then you had this, and this was uh, prime, and this goes to exactly what we've been doing because um, about exactly what Lee and I have been discussing time and time again. Check it out. I just, uh, um, but I, yeah, I mean, just the, the volatility is, you know, to anyone who has been around, um, is to a degree alarming, but again, I don't wish him harm. He's got people around him that have been able to keep him, generally speaking, in the middle of the road. The right. tweets, um, especially as it relates to foreign policy issues, yeah. I know have been very damaging to us, yeah. okay? Yeah. And, um, I do wish that would stop. Now, this is this idiotic establishment, stupid uh, globalist GOP pinhead, Bob Corker, a senator, and, you know, pretty much laying out the establishments that the, the, the globalist GOP, you know, the political class, the leadership of the Republican Party. Uh, they're, 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 uh, according to Bannon, which is you're getting ready to hear this interview, I want you to hear it. I want to listen to it again. It was very good because. If you, like I said, if you go back to my article, Killing America, back in February, almost two years ago, it outlines, Bannon lays forth exactly what I was saying all the way back two years ago. This is what's happening. We're having a war, and we're winning it. We're going to win it. We're going to win this war. I predicted we would, and we are. But now you've got Corker, who is a, a hardcore uh, member of the establishment class. He is a real piece of work. I've never liked him. Uh, he's just a he's a he's a hayseed yahoo that got lucky on the boat, basically. Uh, so he is attacking Trump. Trump is firing back at him and saying, "No, I'm not going to get you." You know. So so Trump is 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 drawing the line. Luther Strange was probably it. Okay. And again, I if I may comment. Do what, Lee? Well, about. Two years ago, we talked about the article from Princeton, Columbia, and oh, yeah. even Yale that said we, <laughs> when we weren't looking, we had a war and we lost. Right. Well, and we no we're... longer we no longer run the United States. Well, but, but we're my fixing point that. Is, exactly. Exactly. I, that was my comment. All of a sudden, people have taken a look and said, "Wait a minute." Exactly. Right. That was the Tea Party. We ain't going to stand for this crap. That was the Tea Party movement, uh, and you know, Obama was the nexus of this, and and he is the one who That's essentially. That's why they the... were so arrogant. That's yeah, why was... you know, they they had already won as far as they're concerned, and we yeah, talked and, about and most that of two us, years you know, ago. The, yeah, Krugman, Will, you know, these guys who were they're not that popular anymore. By the way, those guys are they're losing ground. Uh, very quickly, almost like a landslide. I don't ever see Krauthammer on on uh, any of these Fox shows. I, I don't I don't see him anymore. I don't know about you. I don't read him. I could care less because I know which. I remember you got to remember who these guys are paid by. Whoever they're writing the column for, folks, look at who's paying them. Okay. Yeah. Washington Post, Washington Post, New York Times. You gonna take and I. I've got an answer for your what's next, Barry. What's that? They found an object orbiting the sun. Yeah. It's I've orbiting at about 12 million miles 
and what it looks like is a gigantic version of our own space station. Only the last probe that we sent to the sun burned up uh, like 23, 26 million miles from the sun. And this one's orbiting the sun at 12 million miles. So there is nothing on Earth that wouldn't be vaporized at this point. And it is apparently very huge. Uh, Somebody saw it on Google Earth. NASA was keeping the mouth shut about it and verified it. I I haven't seen this. So I I don't know. You need to source that. My point is there's still more coming out that's going to get on the supernatural side. Yeah, well, probably so. We're already seeing that. But I want to let you listen to this. Uh, Let me skip over to uh, the Bannon interview. I don't want to listen to this idiot Corker anymore. He's going to get. He's going. He he decided that he's not going to even run. I mean, this is how big of a wussy this guy. Because he knows he's not going to make it. He already knows, and the establishment has been put on notice of the GOP folks. They already know we're going to we're going to beat the snot out of them. We're going to primary them. Bannon is going to be at the forefront. Bannon is very powerful after his stint in the White House coming from Breitbart. He's even more powerful than he ever was. Uh, So, you know, you've got a really tough field general that's going to run this show, and he is a true American. He's not a racist or any of that. And and we're going to be all of these websites, uh, you know, like little uh, little military bases, okay? We're going to be pushing the agenda. By the way, uh, somebody graffitized the CR studio, Lee. They put a giant penis on the window. How about that? I guess they're calling it a dick. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, we got to get that cleaned off. But um, I don't know if there's a relation or not. Maybe it was just some kid. I, I don't see. I don't see coincidences. Okay. Anyway, let's listen to this. I want you to hear this because it is exactly what we have been telling you. And all of a sudden, here it comes out of the horse's mouth. The guy who knows because he's been there. Okay, here you go. This is It's like conservative focus is uh, being interviewed by Hannity, listening to Bannon talk. I was just blown away. I mean, I was sitting there <laughs> actually laughing at times. I want you to hear this. And, by the way, if you're listening to blog talk, uh, you're, you're gonna, there's going to be a lapse maybe. Okay, I'm, I'm still not sure about how the, this blog talk, because it, 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 I can't tell because I'm doing the show at the time. I'm not really sure. But if 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 there if it stops, you can be you'll be able to pick it right back up in about another hour, and you don't want to miss this hour because we're going to get into the weeds on some very interesting things. We've already been to the Illuminati website, we've introduced you to that, and but now we're going for the raison d'être of conservative refocus, and this was to turn help turn America back around, and we've you know we've everything that we have tried to be. To, to achieve has been gotten, has been done, has been achieved. We have the, the, the GOP taking back over the Senate, the House, and the presidency. The only problem is they've been infiltrated by globalists, okay? And these are, you know, really just uh, inter- internationalist money men in a lot of cases who really don't know what the hell is going on. They're just good at getting votes. Uh, not true Americans, not true patriots by any measure or any stretch, certainly not statesmen. But we're going to fix that problem. And this is why they're coming after us so hard. So once again, 
you've got to hear this. So if you if you if the show gets interrupted, it'll be back in an hour, okay? And you can also listen to us on iTunes, by the way. And I need to put us on Stitcher. I just hadn't had a chance, but here we go. Listen to this. President Trump to the New York Times. Wasn't that nice of him? Meanwhile, Corker is set to retire at the end of his term, but former White House Chief of Staff, Chief Strategist Steve Bannon is now launching a new effort to target other anti-Trump Republicans with plans to back primary opponents to nearly every Republican up for re-election. Think Alabama, Roy Moore. He joins us now. He's the executive chairman of Breitbart News. How are you? You know, how are you doing? You, you, you lost weight since you left the White House. You look good. Oh, good for you. I feel great. Now, now this is not Roy Moore, folks. This is Steve Bannon. Let me make that clear. Okay, here we go. He's such an elitist snob. He is the swamp. The Senate hasn't done a thing, Steve. Nothing. The American people see right here. This is the way, this is what they think about President Trump behind closed doors. He happened to tell the New York Times exactly what I thought. It's totally unacceptable. In a time of war, we have troops in Afghanistan, in the Northwest Pacific and Korea, we have a major problem that could be like World War I, in the South China Sea, in the Persian Gulf, we have American lives at risk every day. He tweets on Sunday that it's like the adult uh, center and somebody didn't have the morning shift, and then he has the audacity to go to the New York Times and to give this He didn't know that was gonna air. He didn't know they were gonna release that. I think, by the way, I, I'm not sure that he knew it was going to be a tape, but he gave those guys an on-the-record interview. You saw that in the New York Times. And by the way, Phil Rucker, yesterday in the Washington Post, the buried lead was, he said, there's only two or three senators on Capitol Hill that have President Trump's back. When you want to talk about why there's no repeal and replace, why there's no tax cut, why there's no tax reform, why there's no infrastructure bill, you saw it right there. Corker, McConnell and Corker and the entire clique, establishment globalist clique on Capitol Hill have to go. And if he needs any, if we need any more proof about what they think, you heard it tonight, it's an absolute disgrace. I've been told by people in the room, Ben Sass, John McCain, Lindsey Graham, uh, Corker, and even McConnell, they trash the president, but yet they can't get any of their promises completed. I've, they are the swamp. Republicans are weak and pathetic and they're lacking in identity. And the forgotten men and women that voted this election are being let down. Look, they, hold to they have total contempt for the forgotten man. They have total contempt for the base. That's what you saw in Alabama. In Alabama, when they came in with uh, Luther Strange with $32 million to destroy Judge Moore, you saw it the base thought of them, right? The base totally rejected them. These people have no respect for the working men and women in the United States. And I tell you what, Senator Corker is an absolute disgrace. And I agree with Jason Miller, who is the comms director on our campaign. I think one of the best comms people around. Jason's on CNN, but he never talks out of school. I'm sorry to hear that. He, well, he, on CNN Today, he called for... Senator Corker to resign. I agree with him. For the governor of Tennessee to replace him with Marsha Blackburn, a real conservative. If Bob Corker has any honor, any decency, he should resign immediately. He should not let those words stand away. He said about the he president. He wouldn't of the win, Steve. That's why he's by really by, getting by out. Way, he got out because he saw what happened in Alabama. If, if he wants to, by the way, he should get back in because he's going to get crushed in Marshall a primary. Blackburn would kill him. He's going to get crushed in a primary. He doesn't have the guts to get in. So if he doesn't have the guts to get back in the race, he should resign. Right, here's the question. 
how does the president's agenda, if he's got hostile Republicans that are apparently willing to go on a suicide mission, if they don't get anything accomplished, they don't get the budget done, they don't get, can't repeal and replace, they don't even want to fund the border wall. If they don't do those things, they're going to suffer in 2018. President Trump's not up till 2020. They have to understand. There's a basic agenda that President Trump ran on and won. He carried states that Republicans haven't, haven't carried in living memory. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. This agenda works. The American people voted for it. It's their responsibility. By the way, McConnell would not be majority leader unless Trump in North Carolina, in Missouri, in Wisconsin, was able to carry those senators across the finish line. It is incumbent upon them to back President Trump's plan, but you don't see it. What you saw what Corker said today is what they talk about on Capitol Hill. That's why I left the White House. Remember, I said, I'm going after the Republican establishment, and we're going to go after them. We're going to challenge as a coalition of the states. There's a coalition coming together that's going to challenge every Republican incumbent except for Ted Cruz, whether it's Utah, Wyoming, uh, whether it's uh, in Orrin Hatch in Utah. Today, Boyd Matheson, who is the chief of staff for, uh, for Mike Lee, came out and said that he's going to set up an exploratory committee. North they Dakota. Take, in no North Dakota, we don't have a, that's, uh, that's oh, a that's uh, But we're going, in, by the way, we're going in Mississippi against Wicker. We have picked McDaniel. McDaniel, Mississippi. These, these names are all going to come out over the next couple of weeks. So, gonna be about so it's not going to be, I know a lot of people didn't like in 2010, for example, uh, Delaware. Well, I thought Christine O'Donnell was a nice woman. But you're picking the rock-solid credential candidates. We're spending a ton of time with the grassroots organizations to make sure that these candidates are fully vetted. You're going to see people announced this week that are going to have experience in government. You're going to see some outsiders that are authentic, and these people are real. It's not like 2010. 2010 was the beginning of the Tea Party when things were first getting going. You're going to see real candidates, and by the way, they're going to take on incumbents in every state, and they're going to take on the Democrats after You said that. in the 60 Minutes interview you're a street fighter. I'm a street fighter, too. My I, no, I noticed that. Okay. You noticed that? I'm not supporting any Republican incumbent that hasn't gotten their job done. Not one, Steve. I refuse. They have betrayed the American people. They have betrayed their promises. How do you make a promise for seven and a half years and not fulfill it? It's a lack of sense of urgency. By the way, these guys work three days a week. The American people now are people working two jobs. Their wives are working two jobs. They know the urgency out there on the economic hate crimes that have been perpetuated on the American working men and this women, women in this country because of the trade deals. Is this a fair statement? Is Steve Bannon declaring war on the establishment that are not for the working men and women in this country? hundred uh, percent. We, we are declaring war on the Republican establishment that does not back the agenda that Donald Trump ran on and the President of the United States, and that is an agenda that we know backs the working men and women. So this is country. basically a war because you know what McConnell did in Alabama. And you know there are people out there. Listen, I've like had donors. Carl Rove is going to put in all I've, their money. Carl Rove, Stephen Law, these guys should get the joke. Their donors are coming to us because they're tired of having their money burned up by trying to destroy people like Judge Moore. It's a new game in town. We're going to cut off the oxygen to Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's biggest uh, asset is the money. We're going to make it the biggest liability. We're question. going after these guys tooth and nail. But does that mean the people that voted in 2010 and 2014 and 2016, how they have to wait till a victory in 2018? That's a long time for the American people to wait. Take your country back. It's not going to happen in just any one election. This is something you're going to have to grind out day in and day out for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It took us a long time to get here. There's no magic wand we can wave and drain the swamp. There's no magic wand we can wave and, and 
blow up this establishment. I hate to tell people you're going to have to work, but you know what? The grit, determination, and courage of the American working men and women, we're going to win. I'm glad you're not going after Cruz. I've already endorsed him, and I'll tell you why. Ted Cruz is a good man. Ted Cruz has has one of the few that he stood there and said, we have the constitutional authority to not fund Obamacare, and his own party betrayed him. They're good men. I got to tell you, we are the, even safe incumbents like Barrasso and Deb Fisher. They have to understand something. Just voting is not good enough. You have to have a sense of urgency. Nobody's safe. We're coming after all of them, and we're going to win. Street Fighter Steve Bannon, good to see you. Master, I love uh, anybody that heard that. You've got to, you've got to, you got to love that interview. I'm telling you. Uh, so I don't know, did, did, Lee. Did you ever catch that interview originally, or is that a new one on you? No, it's the first time I've heard him, but it's good. It people is good. It is. People can't sit around anymore. They got to try yeah. to do what they can do. And, and it, a- it, you know, voting is not enough because voting gets orchestrated too badly. You know, you got to yeah. take action where where it really counts. And when somebody, even when somebody gets a hundred thousand emails before they go to vote in, in Congress, it reminds them that they don't really get to play their game without somebody watching them. Yeah, so, and not only that, I, I, everybody I mean, I would... can do something. Well, but don't give it to the RNC, folks. I mean, if you give it to the RNC, don't give it to the Koch brothers. Don't give it to anybody no. within the Koch brothers inf- you know, organization. Uh, if you do that, you're just burning that money up. You're giving it to Carl Rove. Be careful about the PACs. Uh, you you need to come here or come to, you know, a, a, like Breitbart or uh, maybe Daily Caller or, you know, some of these uh, Infowars, some of these uh, anti-establishment sites. Uh, more, more, more or less, uh, in order to understand where your money should go. But do not give it to the. I don't care if Trump is out there stumping for for the RNC or not. Don't give it to them. Uh, we need to starve the RNC to get them going in our direction. And remember, the 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 globalist Koch brothers control the uh, the. I know uh, they're supposed to be the. You know, we're supposed to adore the Koch brothers. No. They're just as bad as Soros, okay? Maybe even worse because they they walk around holding the flag up <coughs> while they're uh, sort of doing their globalist machinations behind everybody's back. <coughs> Remember, they locked Trump out. They've also out. plagiarized every Christian thing that they could think of using. They certainly have. Yeah, they have. They're, they're, it's not real. And you got to be careful about those cokes, let me just say, because they are globalists. You cannot. And remember during the Killing America article that has become like one of the most popular of all time, people still read it. They're still going, holy smoke, I didn't know that. This is a globalist infiltration into the GOP. That's what you see controlling the GOP. Uh, and, and it is the marching orders of America's political ruling class, okay, the globalists who control the money at the very top, those are the ones who are controlling their little GOP puppets, okay? And they don't give a shit about America. Uh, all they care about is nope. global agglomerated uh, business. They're the ones who write the regulations that try to stymie smaller business competitors, folks. That's how this works. Um, I mean, we saw what the Koch brothers did to Trump, so you automatically know 
they're not on board. And I know Pence is kind of in between, and he is a Pence uh, ally. But uh, he's, he's, I, I think that, that, that Pence is doing what he has to do to try to make peace between the two sides, and it just isn't working, quite frankly. So uh, the, the National Review, one of the worst places you could go to get your news, okay, just like the mainstream media is the worst place you can go, unless you want to read the articles all the way through and, and start at the bottom and then come back to the top. Because they're gonna they're gonna fool you half the way down, and most people don't read past half the article. Uh, most people read 50 percent, right? Unless you're a really good writer and can keep them in there. Uh, I try to do that. I think I do it, but I'm not sure. But you know, I mean, some do, some don't. I try to make it fascinating all the way through, so that I can get people all the way through the article to get the entire point. But you will notice that 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 between the Democrats and the Republicans. They they act as if uh, they, this kabuki theater they're constantly running. They act as if they're squarely against one another, but then all of a sudden you'll see them going to lockstep when something upsets the globalist order, and they'll either they'll they'll fight tooth and nail to try to foment and prolong the globalist order. And then once that whatever that may be, once that sort of uh, gets settled, then they drop into their theatrical roles. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the left has gone far left, and they're nutty. And the, the GOP is, is sort of, they're still locked center left. They're moving towards the left, and they're getting crunched as a result. And we're not going to let them get away with it. This is a new game. They don't understand that the people purveying information are real. It's no longer fake, and that, that's their problem. This is why they're trying to, that's why I get suspended from Facebook all the time. You know, this is me and many other sites, many other guys with websites. They're trying to block us out as best they can without being too obvious about it, okay? And this is why conservative refocus has exploded, because I think a lot of people see it. And it's just getting, it's actually getting harder and harder to get the hard news. They're doing everything they can on YouTube and on Twitter. You've seen it. Remember they took down Marsha Blackburn's tweet not too long ago. Okay, about Planned Parenthood, I believe it was. And then when Fox News reported it, they put it back up on Twitter. Okay, because but YouTube, Google, they're all in cahoots, folks. They're all in cahoots. And uh, they, 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 they have their fingers in Facebook. They have their fingers so deep in the government pie. Uh, they don't really give a shit about their customers. Obviously they don't. Or they wouldn't be blocking some of their biggest users, Right. So, as I said, this Killing America article, I stuck it back in here again because it shadows exactly what Steve Bannon was saying. So then you've got this. You've got mega companies beginning now to distance themselves from charities who are against Trump because what's happening is we're firing back at them. Just like he won, we won the battle against the NFL over their stupid Marxist globalist thing about not saluting the flag. That's a globalist tenet, folks. You can see right through that. I know these, these sweaty NFL thugs, they don't know what the hell's going on. They have no clue, okay? Oh, this is about justice. They don't know a damn thing about justice. They make $2 million a year on average. And by the way, they make, like, what is it, over, over twice as much as most of the white or yellow or red players. The blacks do, okay? So most of these guys are blacks, and they're civil, you know. And that has been proven to be a big lie, 
about the you know the, the blacks being shot by the police everywhere you look. That's not true. Most of the black, most of nine out of ten blacks who die are from black on black crime. That is the truth. But if you talk about it, you're a racist. Well, that's bull. Okay, that doesn't even worry me. That doesn't even enter into my you know uh, my sphere of thought at this point. I'm not worried because they have reduced that to such a uh, feckless argument. Everybody sees right through it. Nobody even pays any attention to it. Right? So you can say, oh, he's a racist or she's a racist until you're blue in the face. Nobody's going to listen to you because it has been. they have cried wolf so many times. Uh, at this point, they don't even know if the KKK is racist. Okay? I mean, really. So um, the uh, one I was going to report is these major U.S. companies are distancing themselves from like-named charities uh, that were revealed to have donated millions to a liberal uh, anti-Trump group. Now, the, the Washington Free Beacon had this. Now, one of them is the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. I believe that's the Kellogg cereal, right, Lee? And the other is, of course, yep. the Ford Foundation. And they set these organizations up so they can siphon money. These are globalist organizations. And their whole point is a CFR sort of uh, agenda, and that is to depower America and empower a one-world centralized government. That has been the whole deal from the very start, and this is what the establishment minions, this is the pattern that they are following. But the problem is we're on to them, okay? And you see what happens. <laughs> you know, Corden just says, oh, I'm going to trash Trump, and then I'm just going to drop out, you know? And that, 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 you know, I mean, <laughs> so anyway, um, Kellogg and Ford Motor Company are emphasizing that they have nothing to do with the contributions and are separate entities. Right. That's bull. The Ford Foundation was started by the founders of the Ford Motor Company in 1936. They donated $2.35 million to the Center for Community Change. Now, by the way, it's also a tax thing where these corporations can give to their foundations and then write all of it off, right? But they give it to a foundation that they control. Okay, so it's just like, hey, I'm going to put the money over here and spend it from here, and then I don't have to get taxed for it. Plus, I can get whatever I want done, you know, in the political sphere. A spokesman for the automator maker noted to Fox News that the Ford Motor Company has had no affiliation with the foundation for four decades. Hmm. I don't know. Among those on the board of trustees for the Ford Foundation is Cecil Richards, who is president of the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. How about that? That one? Um, let me see. And the largest contribution came from W.K. Kellogg, which donated, uh, stop, $3 million to the liberal group, according to the Free Beacon. The Kellogg Company acknowledged to Fox News that the foundation and the company were both established by Kellogg, but they say they are two legally separate entities. You know, kind of like... Uh, uh, you know, contractors are to the government, right, Lee? That kind of thing where, you know, uh, you, you you donate to the contractor and then they put the money in there. So you're totally innocent. So as a result, they right. say, we do not have information or influence on the foundation. The Freedom of Information okay. Act doesn't apply to them. Exactly. Uh, the food, ma- But, you know, you can read it in their treatises because they're publicly, I believe they're publicly held. Both of them are, aren't they? Uh, I'm pretty sure about that. I don't know about Ford. May, I know they used to be. I'm not sure if they, I think they still are. The uh, the food manufacturing company said it in a statement. So that, that's not us. It's got our name on it, and we started it, but it's not us. 
In a post on the website, the WK Kellogg Foundation stated that the company and foundation operate independently of one another and each is governed by its own board of directors. As a philanthropic organization, we do not engage in political activities. I mean, that's such bullshit. The Center for Community Change, meanwhile, does not shy away from being political. And so you see how this works. They get it. Ah, oh, we're not political. Then they give it to some hardcore radical leftist organization, okay? And it's okay then because they're not political, but that organization is. So here we go. All right, look, if they weren't political, they would have never given it to that freaking organization. That's pretty simple. So Trump's proposed budget will hurt millions of low-income people and people of color, they say. Blah, blah, blah. This is the uh, Center for Community Change, and probably Obama's got his finger in there somewhere, one of his fingers. Um, other recent tweets from that same organization is, only we can draw the line to tell Trump and his white supremacist buddies enough is enough. I'm so sick of that. It's pathetic. Trump's sabotage of the health care system could backfire, it says. The American workers were... You can't even afford this. I mean, my God, you, it's not health insurance. It's catastrophic insurance. And even during a catastrophe, you can barely use it. For heaven's sake, I know firsthand. Another company distancing itself from the donations is investment from Fidelity. After the tax forms listed more than 500000 donated to the Center for Community Change Action from a fund called Fidelity Charitable. So the the point is here that these corporations are giving to these radical organizations, but they're trying to get off of it or trying to get out of what they're doing by saying, oh, we have no connection. Well, they actually do. That's the point. I need to go look and see who sits on those boards, but I don't have time right now. Uh, but then you had this. You've got, uh, just as Bannon said, conservative groups, we're going to war against McConnell now. Uh they're calling for uh, – some of these groups are calling for the majority leader to, to resign with increased vigor because he is betraying America's wishes. The Senate, under McConnell's leadership, has continued to fail to pass conservative policies even since President Donald Trump has assumed office. Former Virginia Attorney General and President of the Senate Conservatives Ken Cuccinelli said Wednesday at a press conference uh, – Cuccinelli and five other conservative groups want McConnell and his team of Republican senators to resign as soon as possible to make way for the advance of a true conservative party. It is time for you and your leadership team to step aside for new leadership um, that is committed to the promises it has made to the American people and has never kept. Um, they, they're coming at them strong, folks. I mean, they're coming at them strong. Uh, and uh, let's see, they're laying out the case against McConnell, his gang of five leadership team, which include Cornyn, Roy Blunt, John Thune, and John Barrasso. Trump and the House Reps, House of Representatives groups say have done their part to take advantage of the Republican Party's hege hegemony over the legislative and executive branches. Uh, McConnell was the one who failed to repeal Obamacare, and his rating is abysmal, says David Bozell, president of For America. Uh, McConnell, home state, Kentucky, he has an 18% approval rating, which is pathetic. Um, so anyway, yeah, now that – so you, you see how this is building, ladies and gentlemen. It is building, and it's going in the same direction that we want it to. And then, then Trump, by the way, he came out and uh, he said this the other day. As we move through the show, 
Okay, it's going very fast. All right, I want you to listen to this. Now, this is uh, this calm before the storm. This is exactly what he had to say. Now, this is in relationship to North Korea. So, folks, something's building there. And I don't know if, if Trump is a cagey man. This guy is cunning. So we'll see as far as our enemies go. Um, I think he's, 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 he's basically mind-screwing North Korea in a way that they have never been mind-screwed before. So here's what he had to say. We'll be looking into that over the next short period of time. We'll be looking in. We'll be looking into that over the next short period of time. Thank you all very much. We have had challenges that we really should have taken. But. Recently, uh, we have had uh, challenges that we really should have taken care of a long time ago, like North Korea, Iran, Afghanistan, ISIS, and the revisionist powers that threaten our interests all around the world. Tremendous progress has been made with respect to ISIS, and I guess the media is going to be finding out about that over the next short period of time. It falls on the people in this room to defend the American people from these threats. I know we share a belief in putting the safety and the well-being of the American people first, and I look forward to hearing from you and your ideas. We'll be going to dinner right after this, and uh, we'll be discussing it further. Do you guys know what this represents? Well, Tell us, sir. Uh, maybe it's the coffee for the storm. What's the thought could be a cloud before the storm? We have the world's great military people in this room, I will tell you that. And uh, we'll have a great evening. Thank you all for coming. What storm is the president? You'll find out. So isn't that fascinating? He's got every single military member, most of their wives, all together. And they're standing around uh, in a large area of the White House. There are a lot of them standing there in a semicircle with their photographs being taken. Trump says, isn't this amazing? This is going to be uh, seen as a calm before the storm. Lee, what do you think about that? What, is, what was your take on that? Well, I am waiting to see which way North Korea goes and who's motivating them because it'll either – go away, or there's going to be a confrontation. It's inevitable. And I think Trump has got a lot of planning done. If he didn't, he's really stupid. I don't think he's stupid either. He should be listening to the planning that that the military people are doing and trying to figure out the most effective way and the least destructive way to get rid of the problem in North Korea. That's it. Um, I mean, you know, you don't want to go in there and kill every man, woman, child, and everything in the whole place. That's ridiculous. No, you, you need don't. to surgically take out his government, get rid of the whole mess, uh, dismantle his nuclear program potentially, and, and eliminate the problem. Yeah, I would that's even not gonna... go so far. I, I would even go so far as to say. You need to dismantle his government to the point of making it one country again. 
Yeah, that's a possibility. That's what I think that's what they're looking at. But, you know, China's not going to be happy about that. I really don't care because China's yeah. the one who's got to fit with this. But exactly. Uh, and I don't think he really gives a crap what China uh, – because, once again, they are the ones who are machinating North Korea. Make no mistake about it. I mean, anybody that thinks that North Korea is doing what they're doing on their own is, is – is, is, well, they just don't – they haven't been paying close attention to what's been happening between China and North Korea and America all of these years. And I think China, uh, North Korea has gone a little bit rogue on China, but I'm still not convinced that China is, is not pulling the strings and, and pretending as if they're going along with all of this. Um, so it's, we could, like, yeah, it's like other subjects and other places that I have said again and again and again. You don't have to take an active part in it to sit back like some sleazeball vermin and reap the benefits from it. Exactly. And and it's kind of like they know what their paces are. China's putting them through them. We tried to get China to come in. They didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. But it, it, the interesting thing is both China and Russia, uh, for the first time, approved sanctions against North Korea. <laughs> and uh, I found that fascinating. But now in that particular vein, then we had Mattis, the defense secretary come in on Monday, and he urged military members to be prepared. He said, uh, stand ready if North Korea diplomacy fails. So uh, I don't see this guy just blowing smoke. I think he's actually saying, right now, diplomatic, this is what he said, economic sanctions, buntrist efforts to try and turn North Korea off this path, he told the audience. What does the future hold? Neither you nor I can say. Uh, so he's just telling his military to stand ready. He's saying, okay, this this thing could go big, and so watch out. And then we had the uh, the news also that these missiles are able to reach the USA after they are modernized, okay? And this was at the Hill, and uh, Jimmy Carter, okay, that crazy nut uh, who failed as a president, reportedly offered to meet with Kim Jong-un in an attempt at peace talks, I don't think Trump sanctioned that. I believe that's against the law. Uh, a University of Georgia professor detailed Carter's offer to Korea. Uh, Carter wants to meet with the North Korean leader and play a constructive role. That's not going to work, and he's really interfering in what Trump's trying to achieve, isn't he, Lee? Well, he has no authority to do it. So whatever he, he, whatever he does uh, is... It's like the basketball player going over there. Yeah. You know, there's no authority going with him. So, I'm sorry. I just, it's kind of pointless. It is pointless. I don't mind Jimmy Carter. He's done a lot of nice things. He was not very effective as a president. Um, But it's, it's a pointless venture to me. Yeah. Maybe he thinks maybe he's he just, doing something good. Uh, well, whatever. I think he just likes but, that limelight. He just likes that limelight like they all do. He just want a little well, bit of attention. A lot of people yeah. a lot of people think, Oh, we'll we'll get get with Jimmy Carter and have him go over there and he'll all he'll save our assets from going into a war over there. Right. Well yeah, that ain't sure. gonna work. Yeah. No if there has to be a war over there, there's gonna be a war over there. That's all there is to that. 
And it's going to be difficult not for it to be a decimating attack because of the situation. I mean, you've got 30,000 American troops right there on the DMZ. I heard Trump was going to go over there and visit the DMZ. I'm like, I just don't think that's a good idea. That's me personally. Well. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, but now you've got the University of Hawaii. Uh, they sent out an email uh, with the subject in the event of a nuclear attack. It says, in light of concerns about North Korean missile tests, State and federal agencies are providing information about nuclear threats and what to do in the unlikely event of a nuclear attack and radiation emergency. So, uh, wow. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're like getting ready to go. Um, and then you've got uh, now, uh, and this would be interesting, Trump is proposing an IQ test with Tillerson to find out who is the real moron. Because remember, Tillerson called Trump a moron, and when he was pinned down by the media over it, he didn't say anything, okay? So, um, uh, so what? Uh, I don't know if it's in this clip or not. But he was meeting with Kissinger. You, I know how much you love that little gnome, Lee. Uh, let's listen to what he has to say. Yeah, right. Been a friend of mine. I've liked him, liked him for a long time, long before my emergence in the world of politics, which has not been too long. But we have been. Uh, Really, in the, I guess you'd say the New York seat a little bit, but we got to know each other very well. He's a man I have great, great respect for. We were on the wrong path before. All you have to do is take a look. If you look over the last 25 years, through numerous administrations, we were on a path to a very big problem, a problem like this world has never seen. We're on the right path right now, believe me. I don't think so. No, I don't think so at all. I think we're well in a way. It's very, the people of this country want tax cuts. They want lower taxes. We're the highest taxed nation in the world. Our companies are not leaving so much now because we have them coming back. You see what happened. You see the announcements from companies building car plants now in Michigan. Uh, they're going to various different states. They're actually picking some additional locations. But just last week, five plants announced that they're going to build in this country. But I will say that we're the highest tax nation in the world. People want to see massive tax cuts. I'm giving the largest tax cuts in the history of this country. In addition to that, there'll be reform. So I think that uh, it's politically uh, it's very positive. The people of the country want it. We're also bringing back $3 trillion from offshore. Uh, that's money that's been there for years, that wants to come back into the country, but the tax situation didn't allow it to happen, and the bureaucracy, and that's going to come back as part of the deal. Three trillion dollars, it could even be more than that. People want to see tax cuts, they want to see major reductions in their taxes, and they want to see tax reform, and that's what we're doing. And we'll be a few weeks to make it even stronger, but uh, I will tell you that it's become very, very popular. And I'll also be signing something probably this week, which is going to go a long way to take care of many of the people that have been so badly hurt on health care. And they'll be able to buy, they'll be able to cross state lines, and they will get great competitive health care, and it will cost the United States nothing. Take care of a big percentage of the people we're talking about, too. So uh, with Congress the way it is, I decided to take it upon myself 
so we'll be announcing that soon as far as the signing is concerned, but it's largely worked out very, uh, it's very simple in one way, but very intricate in another. But it will be great, great health care for many, many people, a big percentage of the number of people that we were talking about for failed Obamacare. Now, we're going to have to do something with Obamacare because it's failing. Henry Kissinger does not want to pay a 116% increase in his premiums, but that's what's happening. And it's actually getting worse. It's getting worse by the, by the minute. So we're going to have to do something with Obamacare, and that will work out. But very importantly, a big percentage of people will be able to get health care, and they'll be able to go across state lines. They'll be able to buy from many, many competitors, and meaning the insurance companies. And it will not cost our country anything, but they'll have great, great health insurance again. No, I didn't undercut anybody. I don't believe in undercutting people. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. That was part of the story over at Zero Hedge. But Trump actually – Trump – uh, he counterpunched in this case, firing a shot at Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who reportedly called his boss a moron. He said, I think it's fake news, but if he did that, I guess we'll have to compare IQ tests, and I can tell you he's going to win. And he's right. He's got an IQ of about 156. So, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, – are you getting ready to eat over there, Lee? I, I hear some cutlery uh, uh, no. clinking together. Uh, so, no. How'd you get a drink? Uh, and then we had, uh, you know, we're running out of time here, but we d- we did have a congressional pharmacist. This is a guy who uh, services all of the farm, all of the Congress. I mean, the, the Senate, everything, as far as their drugs go. Uh, they've got a. Uh, uh, he, he talks about the secret uh, Alzheimer's drug deliveries. He's he's they're sending to some of these congressional members, both in the Senate and the Congress, I assume. Uh, you know, somebody that's like, uh, what, uh, Nancy Pelosi, the woman can't, I mean, my God. Uh, but congressional members, he says, might not even remember what happened yesterday. Such is the power of some of the drugs they're taking. And we've always said they're on drugs, Lee, haven't we? I mean, from the very, though, these people are on drugs. Well, it turns out they are on drugs. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they I'm are. I'm sorry. I, you know, if, if, somebody is voting to go to war, I'd rather not have somebody with Alzheimer's pulling the trigger. Uh, yeah, I would say. Uh, I would say so. And, uh, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. not even well, good sense. No, but, but remember, these are, these are the congressional members, okay? So these are the people who have been, who have been basically surrendering to North Korea and, of course, China and the trade deals. All of these years, I've always had a problem with the trade deals, not just since Trump. I've always seen the problem, and it's stupid. Some of these trade deals, most of them, the ones that we are in, uh, even though we're the largest market in the world as far as the dollars, okay, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting rapes, okay? Worse they than some of these wine deals. Yeah, they're rotten deals. And, uh, you know, so, so we need – this is why you've seen the, the flow of jobs leaving – Many of them going over to China, Japan, some of these other areas, Mexico, um, 
you know, I mean, that's, that's so, and, and you got to go, oh, this is not free, it's not free trade if it's not free on the other side for you conservative idiots out there. Now, I'm a conservative, don't get me wrong, but you're not thinking. I mean, you, the, 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 the playing field needs to be level, and it is not. That's not fair trade, okay? That is not fair trade. So then we do have the news. ISIS fighters are surrendering in mass. ISIS folks, ISIS, this is from the New York Times, okay? Uh, ISIS fighters have pledged to fight or die, and they are surrendering en masse, and they smell really bad, and they're lying when they, they give it up. So, I mean, that is a, that's something that they're really not reporting, although the New York Times picked it up and ran with it. Uh, and then you've got Trump ripping NBC uh, about, and he challenged their license, and everybody said, well, the networks aren't licensed, the networks aren't licensed, you know. They were saying he doesn't know what he's talking about, but what he was saying was that NBC owns a bunch of local and, and affiliate stations. They own a ton of them. I looked it up. Um, so, yeah, you actually can. Uh, you know, you can pull their license, at least the ones uh, that they own, where they actually own broadcast stations. The network does not have to be licensed, but the broadcast stations that they own do, and that is precisely who he's talking about. Uh, in the meantime, Cal- uh, Trump has pretty much won the war against the NFL, uh, because back on September the 23rd was a story that the NFL commissioner was firing back at Trump along with all these sweaty thug players over Anthem kneeling. And then yesterday, Roger Goodell's NFL member, everybody should stand for the Anthem. So you see, uh, meanwhile, you've got the – they're considering this rule change where it was – actually, it was already in their, their, their rule book, all right? It was already there. But, they, but now they're going to enforce it, okay? So that Trump wins, folks. We win. We're like, I ain't watching that. Monday Night Football ratings have fallen to a season low. Between this year and last year, they've lost 50% of their audience. 30% this year, 20% last year. Folks, that's 50%. And they cannot continue being a multi-billion dollar organization if half of their fans are leaving. So money talks, doesn't it, Lee? Money really talks. Yeah, Um, it really does. And that's why I wish that. I wish that somebody had the organization to start looking into these 147 corporations in the United States that back the Illuminati. Absolutely. And back, well, they're, back they're, the they're, underground underground government. They they do, and that's the problem, and that's a lot of power, and they're the ones who are paying the Congress people, folks. Yeah. So that's going to be the thing. I mean, that's going to be the thing. Meanwhile, we do have the news that uh, sanctimonious Jimmy Kimmel had women guess what was in his pants. We have the clip, but I, I, we don't have time to play it. And then he says, put your mouth on it. Uh-huh. And now we're talking about the Weinstein thing. I've got a photo of Weinstein, this greasy pervert, okay, obviously abusing and bullying women to get his way. And he's got, uh, 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 what's the name, uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. You know, he's arm in arm with those guys, and, and he looks like a slug, a greasy slug. So, you know, I'm watching Lee. Uh, right now, Hollywood is devouring itself over this. Have you seen this? It's so funny. Now yeah. all these news reports are, are just, you know, Jimmy Kimmel did this, Matt Damon did this, he, uh, Ben Affleck squeezed this girl woman's breast in 2003. I mean, they are eating themselves, folks. It's the It's hilarious. It's, I'm having a great deal of fun watching Hollywood. What was that, it is principle, I, 
what was that principle I spoke about about a month ago? When God takes his hand off stuff and the demonic people and the demonic side just goes after each other and they get into a a squabble and a a feeding frenzy about who's going to run things and they all hate each other and they're all jealous of each other. Yeah, they are. So when when there's no manager left, hey, just go at it. Yeah, well, and that seems to be what's happening. Top execs at NBC buried the Weinstein story. The New York Times buried it back in '04 uh, because two, uh, I think it was Affleck and, and uh, uh, well, Damon, Matthew Damon again stepping in. So they have been uh, extremely besmirched, you know, because they're supposed to be the really good Hollywood guys, and now all of a sudden it turns out that they're not. And then they were joking about uh, how Weinstein used to abuse uh, women. Uh, so they were actually joking about it in front of an award show, folks. So I've got all these stories here. I've got the Project Veritas, where a New York editor is bragging about colluding with, colluding with YouTube folks to push their political agenda. Oh, gee, that's a surprise. Not really, but, I mean, it's just it's confirmation. We need confirmation. Everybody needs confirmation. Well, we just we keep getting it, but it's coming in by the dump truck loads. So you've got also that this editor was admitting to slanting the news. He was admitting over the New York Times of promoting anti-Trump stories and pushing Trump boycotts. Uh, and then we've got over in Hungary, they have declared George Soros an agent of Satan. And they are absolutely correct, aren't they, Lee? There's no doubt about it. Yeah, from everything I've seen, unfortunately, they are very correct. And I, I mean, the, uh, I've said it about ten times. His biggest agenda is the Roma people, yeah. the pagan gypsy people. Yeah. Yeah. Those They don't believe in anything else except fallen angel gods, Luciferians. And that's, so, a, that's Illuminati-based. That's Illuminati-based. Illuminati uh, and then we've got yeah. the Church of Satan joining with the Democrat Party and feminist movement in support of sacrificing children to abortion, sacrificing it to Baal and Moloch. I, I said this a long time ago. Now all of a sudden it's hit the mainstream. Yeah. That the, the Church it, of Satan, folks, has joined with the Democrat Party and the feminist movement in a court case, Okay. So now the satanic forces are trying to abort children. So it's no longer, well, this is kind of like what it seems like they're doing. It is a fact that when the satanic movement is supporting the death of children in the womb uh, to the tune of about 1.2 million a year, well, there can be, I mean, they're sacrificing the children. Child sacrifice, you know, never went away. It never and went what did, away. what did we say a long time ago about pushing them hard enough, and sooner or later they'd come, the real thing behind it comes out? Yeah, and it does, and you're right. And this is a church, they, an actual satanic woman, a woman of the church, Temple of Satan, is suing Missouri because she was forced to wait 72 hours before she sacrificed her child. She didn't like that. So now this case is probably going to go to the Supreme Court. So you've got the Church of Satan going to the Supreme Court so that they can kill children. What does that sound like to you folks? Come on. I mean, really. So uh, so there you go. And then in the, in the final story, I wanted to hit this with Lee, because this just, um, it, it, 
it confirms everything that we have been saying. All of a sudden, my monitor starts flashing on and off again. That's really cool the way it does that, especially after I get through talking about this. Um, let me see if I or can. Or getting ready to talk about whatever you're talking about. Well, yeah, that would be the Illuminati. Um, hang on a second. It's still flashing. Uh, it's really weird. It really is. It just keeps on. Fl- wow, it's not stopping. Oh, they're just trying to warn you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got the Illuminati plan for a new world order, and somebody, you know, we we've been over this a number of times a few years back, Lee, and somebody put it up again. They sort of uh, modernized it a little bit, and uh, and what they were pointing out is uh, this is at World Truth TV the timeline of the Illuminati plan for a new world order now. Remember, the the whole impetus from the very start, going all the way back through history, starting at Noah, okay, when these secret societies began evolving into what they became, okay, the whole point was to establish a kingdom of one central government so that Satan could take over and rule. That That is, Lee, hasn't that been the plan all along? And it never quite works out, does it? Yeah. It works out for a while. It's every, but, every movement of his has the same agenda and the same outcome. Yeah. So then you've got this particular post, which I found compelling, okay, uh, which kind of talks about in May of 1776, Adam Weishaupt, who was a Jesuit. I was watching something the other night about angels and demons. It was a documentary. And it was drawing the line between the Illuminati and the Catholic Church as if they were warring with each other, Lee. And I thought it was so funny because the founder of the Illuminati was Jesuit trained. There's no doubt about it. Adam Weishaupt was taught in every Jesuit school right. that there was, and he was a Jesuit. At least uh, he was Jesuit trained, and he was the one that originated the Illuminati. And then you go and look at the uh, the, the Jesuit oath, and you read it, and it looks like something from ISIS, as you say, or Islam, about killing children whatever it takes to promote the agenda. And that agenda, folks, I believe, is so they're not at odds against each other. They're, they're partners in crime. The Catholic Church, the Vatican, not the people, but the Vatican, who controls everything and, and has been for a thousand years, which sort of gives you an idea of why we are where we are right now. But then you've got now, what I wanted to do was go all the way up, because this is kind they're, of long. They are all... They're all like a supernatural mafia. Yeah, that's exactly what like you see right. in the movies. You know, exactly. like the old Untouchable shows. <clears throat> but but everything they've been doing, if we go back, folks, uh, to um, 1979, okay. Well, let's go back to 73. That was in the the Club of Rome, a UN operative, issued a report entitled "Regionalized and Adaptive Model of the Global World System." And this report divides the entire world into ten kingdoms. I wish I could have gotten here earlier. Early. We're going to have to do this next week. But uh, it, we had so much news that I wanted to get out that I sort of missed the main part that I wanted to get into. But they were the ones, if you go out and you look at the world regional systems, they have America, folks, as the number one kingdom. And we've been scrunched together with Mexico and Canada. Now, this was established in '73, And many of you have heard the report that I constantly give on here of Lou Dobbs reporting, I think it was on CNN at the time, this is back in 2005, Bush trying to put a consortium together 
that would eliminate uh, the borders between Canada and Mexico, okay? And we have that here, and we, we've played it many times, so that you can see, well, the Club of Rome, back in 1973, it, it fits into prophecy like a finely machined piece of metal, folks, like a finely machined piece of silver or gold just fits right into the puzzle when this functionary of the U.S. and the Club of Rome, the U.N. United Nations, the Club of Rome, established an adaptive model which laid out all of the Ten Kingdoms, <coughs> which goes exactly along with what the Bible says about the Ten Kingdoms. So then in 1979, FEMA, which stands for the you know Federal Emergency Management Agency, is given huge powers. It has a power in the case of national emergency to suspend laws. This was during Carter's regime, by the way. Move entire populations, arrest and detain citizens without a warrant, and hold them without trial. Seize property, food supplies, transportation systems, and suspending the Constitution. It became the most powerful entity in the U.S., FEMA did. But it was not even created yep. under constitutional law. And really, FEMA and the DHS are now pretty much one and the same, aren't they, Lee? More or less? Is that not kind of no. the same? They're not. Uh, FEMA is still a senior. FEMA is yeah. is damn near a government. Okay. Okay. But I, I do believe that the strictures between them, I think the DHS now controls FEMA, is my point. So they are separate okay. organizations, yeah. but... The director of DHS controls what FEMA does, okay? I believe that's right. Yeah. I have to go back and check. Um, but because you have a FEMA director, but I don't think he's cabinet level, which means he would fall under DHS. So, and, But then in 1991, President Bush Sr. praises New World. You've heard this in so many introductions to the show. It's pitiful. But he says what is at stake is more than one small country. It's a big idea, a New World Order to achieve the universal aspirations, and he says the illumination of a thousand points. Notice anybody that uses the words illumination or illuminate or illuminati, you notice that because it's code, folks. I've seen it. They use that word. So what would you call that? Is it dog whistle, as they say, Lee, or is it a signal? But whenever you hear them say illumination, that tells you something, doesn't it? It's, it's To me, it's like code. Yeah. I mean, exactly, it, it just, that's exactly what they're saying. They're using their own symbolic language and their own code because they have alternative meanings to every word in the English language. I mean, when they're talking about something, it doesn't even mean the same thing as when we talk about it or about anything. But they have, they have keyword phrases and stuff like you're alluding to that tells everybody that knows the game what they're actually saying. Right. And as soon as they sure. say illumination, they're talking about the angel of light. Yeah, and we're going to go do the, 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 the Illuminati website again. We're going to focus on that again. Because I, I believe right now what we're seeing with the Republican Party, with the Democrats, with this, the international movement, I believe you're seeing the Illuminati. And, folks, they are Luciferian in their origins. They're, all of these organizations that operate underneath them, like the Freemasons, uh, they are all concentric circles of one uh, megalithic uh, organization, many of which who do not know it. But the Illuminati went out and, and sort of uh, 
conscripted the Freemasons a very long time ago. That's the thing. And so these then there are more than one organization. There are quite a few. CFR is a part of it. A CFR, uh, the Freemasons, the, then you have the female version of the Freemasons. Trilateral Corporation. Yeah, the Trilateral Commission. The Bilderbergs. They're all part of the same, but they are operating in concentric circles. And there are times, I mean, the, the, then you've got the, the, the Knights Templar. They, they, you still have those in one form or another. Yep. The Rosicrucians, all of these different organizations. There's a bunch of them. They're all secret societies. The Illuminati, if you go to Opus their website, die. they admit. Yeah, Opus Dei. They admit to being secret societies, okay? So what? And the whole point of their existence from the very start has been for world domination by the elite, and that's why you got the Georgia Guidestones. More or less talks about it. Um, so, in June of 1991, world leaders were gathered for another closed-door meeting in Bilderberg Society, uh, and David Rockefeller gave in his speech. We are grateful to the Post, the New York Times, Washington Post, New York Times, Time, all of these various organizations uh, for uh, helping them and respecting their promises of discretion for almost 40 years, folks. So uh, these, these are just some of the cues uh, protecting them so that they could march towards a one-world government. David Thunderberg, former U.S. ambassador to Romania, tells the North Carolina audience George Bush has been surrendering and surrounding himself with people who believe in one-world government. Duh. But you see, the thing is, is those are part of the same Republican establishment that we have fighting against Trump at this very moment, folks. So this has gone together for a very long time. Henry Kissinger, who was just with President Trump, declares, Today Americans would be outraged if U.N. troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow they will be grateful. And see, uh, Henry Kissinger is almost the, no matter who you are, what I've come to learn is he is the indispensable sort of uh, broker uh, between countries i mean such is his status now very yeah, weird do you know the the other name for that what's that mephistopheles interesting that is he's very the broker of of lucifer he's that the one very... that brokers all the <laughs> deals like a faust the old legendary faust that's yep, mephistopheles absolutely. interesting so, but, you know, I, I don't blame Trump because he needs him. I mean, they, they actually need the guy, so I get it. I don't like him. I can't stand him. He, he claims to be a conservative. He's not. But anyway, yeah, we're going to go right. into this next week, and I apologize for not hitting this earlier. I just ran out of time with all these clips. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to cover this, I promise you, next week, and we're going to donate a lot of time to it. So hang in there with us. Keep watching the skies. Plenty of shows to listen to on this stuff. So I hope you have a great week. Take care.